Sanity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Oh my god! Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Are you a big sucker like me? Did you, uh, you pay off your student debt? Yeah. So <laughs> quickly after college. Damn um, it. I, I, I am actually enraged by this story. If people didn't see, um, it's still kind of legally dubious. That's part of the issue here is, uh, there may be legal payoff. Uh, well, I, I paid off 15 grand outstanding two years ago and that was a great day. And, um, if people didn't see now the president is moving to relieve $10,000 of student debt for people who are making under $125,000 a year. That is everyone. Um, yeah, it's interesting that like you're considered poor, I guess, <laughs> but maybe in Biden's inflated economy, um, you know, under $125,000 a year is a poor person. Uh, and then if you got Pell Grants, it's up to $20,000. And and it's not I'm not actually enraged because I paid my debt and I will receive no benefit from this. I I have no regret about that. Uh, I, I signed up for that. I debt. do. God. Well, I, I signed my name to that debt and I paid it off. And when I did pay it off, it was a source of pride. And I'm glad that I did because that's what meeting your debts means. And so it was a it was a moment of achievement in my life. Uh, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back on that. But I I resent the idea that not just I'm on the hook for all the dumbasses in my classes who worked a tenth as hard and who knows, probably did some wasted time after college, just like they wasted time in college. Not just that I'm on the hook for them, but that we're all yeah. on the hook for them, including those of you who decided not to go to college, which is a perfectly valid, indeed, arguably the wiser choice these days. I, I find value in my experience, but it's hard for me to argue that everyone should go talk about Socrates for four years and not learn a practical skill. Like building things or fixing things. And We've clearly yet, made a huge mistake. That uh, I, I, I'm just so, I'm really pissed that that we all have to subsidize the dumbasses I knew <laughs> ten years ago. But I'm and it's not it's not just personal. It's the fact that like the other friends I have who went and became plumbers, who went and became construction workers. Well, and they all did. Of they had better things. foresight than we did. We're not uh, live on Rumble. Just FYI. What the? F- Why not? I don't know. The live chat really, is either telling me or fucking with me. I can't really fix that, unfortunately. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, um, I'd have to I'd have to cut everything to to fix that. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to forego Rumble tonight. My apology about that. Uh, this is good. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. So right. as um the college structure and the university system begins to fail, I mean, isn't this a a, a large indication of systemic failure? 
having to subsidize people's education because it's so worthless that it doesn't improve your earning potential at all. Hmm. That's the only reason they would subsidize it. Well, from a, an accelerationist perspective, I can see the upside. But uh, well, what do we want more than the university system to crumble? And then to be yeah. resurrected and actually only take the top 10% of individuals. I suppose, like, I suppose maybe that is, the, the, the quicker we get to that, maybe there's something to be said for that. There's no reason to go to college anymore unless you want to get date raped. <laughs> or you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. But to oh, date, right, date rape is probably more common than <laughs> successful doctors and lawyers. Yeah, yeah really. And if you're a doctor that, you know, want to be a doctor that wants to get date raped, college is the place. Oh, two me. birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, perhaps we'll talk about this a little more tonight, and I'm sure maybe we'll talk about it on Sunday. And that says nothing of the legal questions surrounding this. I, I'm no legal expert, but from what I've read... Yeah, uh, can he do this? Well, the Constitution... Uh, him doing this relies on their interpretation of a federal law from 1964, the Higher Education Act, or something like that. I'll probably butcher this, so bear with me, because I haven't had the time to look at this as thoroughly as I would want to if I was doing a prepared segment on it. But they're interpreting it from a statute that Biden has the authority to do this. The trouble is, based on at least some legal opinions I've read from a law professor who sounds like he knows what he's talking about, uh, is that the Constitution affords uh, Congress the right to dispose of federal property, not the executive. And so that's really all that's happening here is the federal government is disposing of its property in the form of that debt. Right. You can't just write a statute to override the Constitution if that is, in fact, correct, which would Mm. make this whole move legally dubious. Uh, I would imagine there will be challenges, but I don't I don't know who would or could bring that challenge. Uh, What are the rules around standing in this case? Can you just be a taxpayer or how do you establish standing to challenge that? No idea. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's uh. That's my outrage at the president for the day. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it some more. Uh, my apology for the rumble issue. I I was extra diligent about setting, setting everything up for the stream because, of course, we've been having some technical issues lately. And so I wanted to make sure it was going smoothly. But, of course, yet another wrench is thrown in. My apology to the rumble crew. Um, if this was a Sunday, perhaps I, I might try to get it going over there. But um, since we'd have to stop everything, restart everything, I think I'll just... Uh, we will forgo rumble this evening and I apologize for that, but thank you for your patience. And if any of you good Samaritans could help, uh, well, I guess if there's, I don't know if there's a chat over on rumble, if there is no stream, but if, if we can inform the rumble people, that would be much appreciated, uh, by me. Anyway, uh, most of the audience knows how the show works. If you are new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there is a description for how to do that. Uh, instructions for how to do that in the description of whatever, Uh, video platform you may be viewing on uh we will take your calls uh and then we'll stop every half hour and uh catch up on your chats as well and then uh at the end of the show we'll get to your email questions as usual as a reminder if you'd like to send an email question uh the way to do that is through the contact page of the website mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact look for the call-in show question form that keeps us organized with the call-in show questions and that is appreciated mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact we'll get to those at the end of the show anything else before we talk to our callers nope uh, let's do it All right. uh, Tom is up first Tom are you there Tom great start great start just crushing Uh-oh. it <laughs> what's on your mind uh Oh, we just got back from a, 
a nice week's vacation down in Wildwood, the South Jersey Shore. Oh, cool. With the family. But uh, it was kind of kind of exhausting. We got back, and it's taken us three three days to recover from from vacation. You got that Jersey voice. It must have been an awesome vacation too, if it takes three days to recover. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're we we were like social directors for the rest of the family that were there because we rented the condo, and it was it was a really nice place. We really enjoyed it. It was real close to the boardwalk. But, you know, every day it was, well, okay, this group wants to do that. This group wants to do that. We have to set this up. Okay, now we're going here. Oh, now we're going there. You know, by the time uh, everybody left, by the end of the week, it was just my wife and I. It was, it was like, Ugh. Well, who was this big, giant group? It was it was my, my son and his wife, my daughter and, and her oh, two, two, just my a, two grandsons. So just a big family. family. I mean, it's people, yeah. it's people you want to be with, but... Even, you know, you want to be with them, it, like, all in the same pocket for the same mm. week. It's it's tough. I love my family, but a week is a long time. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, do you have anything else in your mind or just vacation? Uh, well, you know, um, I'm just afraid. Okay, let, let's I'll just give you a, a final thought here. I, I was I'm afraid that the if the. Republicans do get in. They do get the win the House and even win the Senate. That they're not going to take advantage of of that opportunity like they did during the first two years of, of the Trump realm, where they did some things. But I mean, they're not pushing it like the Democrats are pushing oh, it I, these last two years. The I Democrats agree. Democrats got the power and they push, push, push. Yeah, I. I... I don't think they did nearly enough when they had the power and they got the they got a tax bill through and they did some stuff. Right. That's but what they, I'm saying. They, did, they didn't strike yeah. when the iron was hot. I'll be and bitter they, they that lost they didn't. Opportunity uh, for four years. There was a push to get um, suppressors out of the NFA. Finally, uh, make suppressors more commonly available. It was the Hearing Protection Act. And they uh, they bailed on that. All sorts of things that they had potentially the power to do and they did not. And so I. I wouldn't just call it a fear that they won't do these things. I would call it a virtual guarantee. I think you're exactly right. Um, I think there's benefit in that they're not the Democrats, so they won't do insane shit. But as far as actually steering the ship back toward good things rather than just not driving the ship into an iceberg, uh, I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, I. I, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I reject this premise that they have the power to really do that anyway. Hmm. Let's say we get all the right people in. I want everybody to think about this and answer honestly. We get everybody in that we want. Would things really change that much? Would they? Uh, only no, if they I started. Agree. If they started That's demoing. Great for them. Yeah. So what's the, the point? They Why have engage to, in the system. Why bother? Oh, I agree that uh, I, the only reason I think it's wise to try to put those people in Washington is so they stop. But I'm under no illusion that we're going to fix the concentration of power in Washington by sending the right people to Washington. We have to get that power taken out of Washington. I think we do that through the States, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit passively and allow insane communists to go to to Washington and exert their power even more. But, but what if that's the answer? What if the way out (laughs) is through into the crevasse, into the crevasse? I cut on teaming up with commies. No, no, this is not teaming up with them. It's it's letting them institute their will on a governmental level. It would be it would be an invaluable experiment and obvious disaster. It would just be a disaster. Well, I think if we want 
if we want to leave the system in that way, we should just leave the system. We should just form a coalition of states and just say, not they doing this anymore, not paying taxes, let us do fuck that. off. They, they didn't even let the South leave. And they yeah, had no, a but, different flag. I've been listening to a lot of legal men. So, well, so you're saying we have the only hope of destruction is the communist destruction, I suppose, is what you're yes, saying. It is. The trouble is, though, they take they they take or drag a whole bunch of us down with them. You know, it's not it's not like they're just but we're hurting already themselves. but we're already screwed. There's already going to be oh, hyperinflation. Yeah. Well, we won't yeah. be fighting. We'll be letting them. <laughs> No, 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 yeah. no, no. And then while we're doing this, we gather strength in our communities and just wait to seize power. Well, uh, I I suppose I could be on board with. I'm trying to think how we what what the common ground is here, because I'm not going to I'm not going to agree that the correct path is sending the commies to Washington. I'm not going to go that far. Mm-hmm. However, I'm certainly on board with organizing locally, strengthening locally, all of that. That's all. Great. Sometimes you have to let a person do what they're going to do in order to stop them. Like a serial killer that you're watching. Maybe you just need to let them kill one more person. So you can figure you get more evidence. <laughs> and then he goes, I've had my, you get more evidence and the case is stronger. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I've had my fill of killing. That oh, was no. plenty. No, no, no. All there right. will be additional casualties, but maybe they yeah. can be stopped. Um, no, I'm still I'm still going to vote for non-insane people and and still try to minimize uh, D.C. power. I just. I don't know. I, I don't I just don't. I've never seen communist destruction that is precise enough to achieve good results. Uh, I suppose maybe maybe long, long after. But in the immediate, we're talking about like we're talking about pure catastrophe. But we are already headed into that future. It's an inevitability at this point. I don't know that we're headed into an absolute communist apocalypse, though. I think how? I think how look, look, look at what's going on. They're they're teaching uh, all this weird gender theory stuff in school. They're they're chopping little kids dicks off. Yeah, that's, that's why that's why uh, that's I that's why the common ground, I suppose, that we can agree on is uh, is strengthening locally and not doing that sort of nonsense in our uh, in our neighborhood. I just don't understand prepared, why. Okay. Why do we I have, have to, to Why do I have to let the external threat grow in strength in order to But the uh, growth is an it, illusion. The growth is an illusion because our government doesn't actually have any of the powers they purport to be able to exercise. And so we're allowing them to grow in numbers and in, you know, and visually for the country to see, but are, are they really growing in power? They already have so much institutional power. The only reason they have power is because we all agree that they do. And we all go along with that. They, they really we don't, don't, to your point. I don't consent to this structure, do you? Enough people do that they effectively do have that power. Enough people do consent to that. Enough people, enough states would allow the FBI to come in and abuse their citizens without pushing back at all. Enough states grant that sort of authority. I'm just saying that if there was a catastrophic famine level outcome to communist rule and everybody saw it, that we would go back to what our old definition of treason was and how we treated treasonous people in the government. You're telling me there are big bird costumes to be had through this. Worse. All right. I'm sold. I'm in. All right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What if we could do that? All right. Uh, Tom, clearly. This can't be what you want to talk about. (laughs) Clearly, you piqued our interest. Did you have a final thought before we let uh, let you go? No, that was my final thought. I, right. I didn't realize that that was going to end up being the, the big topic of the day, but I'm glad I was able to provoke some thought. How to it's the properly, topic every day. How to properly harness the power of the communist apocalypse is 
a main theme of the stream. So thank you for uh, your thoughts on that. Thanks, Tom. All right. Catch you again sometime. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks. Let's see. Jersey accents are so funny. I actually didn't pick up on that much of an accent there. Maybe I missed it. That guy has a garbage business. (laughs) What's the matter, you? It sounds more. (laughs) What's the difference between New Jersey and New York or just an Italian? Mamma mia. Little. Little. That's a spicy meatball. Uh, I don't know. Is that New York? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I've never been to New York, but at this stage, that's a good thing. Uh, election meddler is up next. A good thing you're not an election denier. I would have to uh, yeah, really. Liz Cheney boot you right out of here. Well, I mean, do the elections really matter at all in the first place? Well, I now, know, right? Now you are an election <laughs> denier. And, and this is it's like you're talking about on, on Sunday. That's not just denying the outcome. That's denying the election itself, which you can't do. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, if you don't consent to the current governing body, you are essentially a criminal there aren't really enough consenting people to this governing body in the first place in my opinion because uh mm. silence is not consent <laughs> unless you go to the school have you been listening Long to little man too uh no i have not oh I so have you came before, to these but... conclusions on your own excellent work i mean well thank you uh yeah, I really don't don't see the uh, the point in uh, voting anymore. I I really like sending the right people to a place that is a giant money sponge doesn't really make sense. It doesn't matter who you send. There's a lot of fucking money there. Yeah. Oh, pardon my French. Oh, uh, you can say whatever you want. Did you know so, you can even say that masks don't work on YouTube now? That's how loose no. it's gotten. Yeah, seriously, you could Definitely. say masks don't fucking work, Susan. Take that. What about that one guy that we couldn't mention? Uh, oh, Eric How Charmella. Dare you? Can we talk about him? Yeah, Eric Charmella is the whistleblower, in case you guys haven't heard, oh. like three years later. Three years later. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The alleged uh, whistleblower. I, I, I wouldn't want to smear him. So, so I think that uh, Blonde is probably in the, uh, in the corner of voting is the equivalent, is the adult equivalent to writing a letter to Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do okay. you think, yeah. Matt? Uh, well, related to the prior conversation, I'm under no illusion that if we just send the right people to D.C., that will correct the problem of concentrated power in D.C. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Um, what we were just talking about before you joined is, is there any value in voting to send the least insane person to D.C. as just a a stopgap, I suppose? But but. My preference would be to restore power to the states. And I think you do that through the states. I don't think you do that through D.C. So um, I suppose to summarize my perspective, does it have value? Will I do it? Yeah. But is it what you would count on or bet on? No. To me, it's just trying to stop the most insane people from having the centralized levers of, of power. Okay. So I see one way out by voting in potentially voting in and this might be a christmas wish or a christmas miracle if it ever did the only real way to really take power away from dc uh would be in my opinion to make it so that your taxes your tax money they can't take that out of your check for you Hmm. and send it to the government yeah if you had to write a check send the cash yourself 
people would be flipping their They would be shit. so mad. Can you imagine if you had to pay lump sum on an annual basis, like everyone? <laughs> I have to do it every year. I assume you probably do too. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but most people no. don't do that. Yeah. That money's most- just, they're, you know, just, and they get a tax return. They're like, oh, this is a total bonus. It's like, no, that's your money. Yeah, I know. And I can't wait to your point. It's like, would people do that? And I'm thinking, no, of course they'd be outraged. Then I remember, oh yeah, I do that uh, every single month. And then at the end of the year, I still owe them more. And I can't wait to explain to my son, dad, why do you write a a check to these? uh, Or why do you send it through the internet to these mystery people? We don't even know. Oh, it's so the pedophiles don't come kick down the door and take you. That's why. Yeah, seriously. That is, that is so true. And everybody talks about like militia forming and everything like that. If we could just get together and all agree to refuse to pay our taxes. Yeah, um, it'd be great. There would be so much more power in that. You know, it'd that be is one, one of the silver linings of hyperinflation, though. Take a billion it, dollars from me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it would be one thing if it was like a very, very small percentage because we do have an army to to maintain. I get it. Yeah. But like, who who decided that we're going to just give everyone a bunch of money that we already spent because it was already siphoned off you in the first place oh no it wasn't siphoned off you it was siphoned off of your parents and your your peers that are already making money and you're still working at a gas station with your liberal arts underwater basket weaving degree well, and, and of and, course, we had a, a functional federal government before the income tax, not just a functional federal government, one that was more fiscally sound than it is today. So the idea that um, that we have to have the income tax in order for the federal government to serve its base level functions. I, I mean, we could fund it through tariffs. We could fund it through a, a variety of other means that have uh, granted no tax is perfectly consensual, but there are certainly <laughs> means that give you opportunity to opt out. And when you have a system like tariffs where you could decide to consume the product that's affected or not, or if you have a system where taxation is based in your state rather than concentrated at the federal government, at least you can leave your state. Or if Any- you trusted your federal government, the federal government, then <laughs> you'd be able to to volunteer. I would volunteer yeah. some percentage of my income if the federal government was doing what they said they they would do. Well, well, that it's hard for me a bunch of crazy stuff. So I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that that's such a uh, I, I mean, I suppose if they were awesome, like a charity that does great work, perhaps I would consider donating. But it's so hard for me to think of a federal government that not only is competent, but actually excels in the way you're describing. Well, yeah. They can't even protect the water supply. Have I complained to you about Coeur d'Alene pollution yet? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. But oh, I, for those of you that don't know, Coeur d'Alene Lake is the most polluted, heavy metal polluted place in the entire country. Oof. In the entire country. Because they dumped 800,000 gallons of lead from a super fund up the creek, up the, up the river. Huh. And so a bunch of kids got lead poisoning and died. A whole and bunch died? of kids. It's like the federal government can't even protect, you know, like beautiful areas of the country from heavy metal pollution that lasts forever. Fuck you guys. I'm not giving you any money anymore. <laughs> what do they well. do? Uh, what do they do? They launder what they do have through Ukraine and they take awesome vacations. That's what I know. Do. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. They're not fulfilling their their most base level obligations to keep the citizens safe in any way, shape or form. Why should I give them any of my income? It's insane. Well, yeah, that, this is the problem of central, centralizing our taxation with them is that uh, there really is no opt out unless you want to figure out a way to leave the country. And then what? 
And we're like, yeah, why don't you go to another country? It's like, I don't have any options here. We have to I make have our to own. stay here. We have to yeah. make our own options. Well, well, I like the cut of your jib, kid. I don't know how old you are. You're probably like 45. And... <laughs> I don't know why Not I said quite. kid. <laughs> Did you have any? You? Uh... I'm 30. Oh, okay. All kid right. to me. Yeah, that is, that is a kid to us, I suppose. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, pretty close, but... Did you have any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, yeah, uh, just one. Abolish income tax. That's it. Here, here. That's all we would have to do. Here, here. I saw Ted Cruz, uh, and I appreciate the tweet, I suppose. I'm not trying to call him out necessarily, but he did tweet the other day, abolish the IRS, and it got a lot of traction, and I thought... Do oh, you yeah. really have the balls? That's the only thing I thought. I'm not saying the cojones. I, I'm not trying to criticize. I just what I worry about is you say that you tweet that because you know that it will get a reaction and a lot of people will like it. But if you had the numbers, would you cast the vote? <laughs> He's defunding himself and his his next mega yacht. Probably not. I just wonder. I'm not saying you wouldn't either. I'm not trying to get accusatory. I just to the to the to the point we were thinking about. Can you actually trust these people if you vote for them to go to go diminish their own power? No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, I thought I thought we had gone through this already. Don't trust any of them. Defund it and get rid of it. Yeah. That's well, the only way it'd be great if they all go vote to defund it. I uh, I'm not oh, going to yeah. count on that, though. Uh, maybe we just need some uh, citizenry approved defunding. Ah, uh, yes. I like that. That What an interesting euphemism. Yeah, like a judge approved search or whatever it's called. Uh, All right. Yeah. All right. You Thank you, man. Good night. You too. You as well. What was the one from the live chat that was so funny the other day? It was like population was, approved. I think it was citizen approved justice. It was something like that. And the idea was bec- they're saying it's not a raid in Mar-a-Lago. It was a judge approved search i think was the language that was used very close to that if not that but yeah I, I, a, a, a citizen approved tomato tossing at the pillory for dr fauci to celebrate his retirement it's citizen approved what's the harm all right uh what else is up next what else are you there oh hello hi what's on your mind Oh, um, I just wanted to uh, ask about <coughs> uh, the police. Sure. I know. I do you? Would you call yourself a conservative now? Uh, I don't really. I, I I shy away from titles. Are you asking me or blonde? I should clarify. Uh, just you or both. Uh, I know blonde is pretty far on the right. Uh, I, I was asking you. What I would call myself, I suppose, if I had to pick a title, I would pick constitutionalist. Um, conservative, I don't know. I mean, in, in what regard, like, do I believe in conservative values? Sure. Do I want them government imposed? No. Um, so constitutionalist is what I would pick. Okay. Right. You would still call yourself on the right though, right? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for, it's hard for me to even understand those boundaries anymore because what does that mean other than not not the progressives i suppose but yeah i'm right. not i'm not uh, of the uh progressive persuasion right no i just wanted to ask about uh the police uh i know well i don't but 
uh, are you still like pro police? Well, when you say when you say still, is there something I said in the past that, or or are you just asking my for my perspective now? Oh, okay. No, just like your perspective now. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm pro police any more than I'm pro any individual person. I think I think police have a legitimate law enforcement function. And I think that the police powers properly rest with the state under the constitution. And, um, and, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the, that the police deserve some special benefit that the citizenry doesn't deserve in terms of their own protection or in terms of their own, um, legal privileges, those sorts of things. I think that the current political climate is very hostile to police, very unfairly hostile frequently. And so I think I'll probably commonly talk about those right. instances, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm pro police by default. I just need to see every individual case and I'll evaluate it from there. Right. Now I was just asking because um, I was watching a lot of uh, Michael Malice stuff mm -hmm. and he usually talks about how a lot of the, um, the people on the right tend to be very uh, pro police. Mm -hmm. And then after that COVID thing happened, um, a lot of like right wingers were moving, you know, against all that stuff after COVID. Well, sure. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's why we have to have an oath to a set of values and not an oath to people. You know, uh, those, those police to the, to the extent that they have uh, authority, that authority can be abused. And I, I yeah, I'm sure we, uh, I, we saw plenty of examples of that, of, um, of what I believe to be oath breaking. And, um, right. And that's unfortunate. That doesn't, I, I wouldn't say that, uh, let's put it this way. I don't, even if you're ordered to do it, if you're, a, if you're a police officer who is given a, an unconstitutional or immoral order, um, would I say that the cop has to execute that order because police, police are just given a blank check to do whatever they like. No, of course not. There's, there's a, there's both a, a higher legal set of values that they swear an oath to, but there's a higher moral set of values that any good person should uphold as well. So, um, yeah, but what if he is upholding the constitution or not the constitution, but just the laws like in the state, like gun laws or something like that? Sure. Well, that, that the, the important thing is that's up to the state too. you know, it, are, will states pass laws that I personally disagree with? Yeah. Will laws be enforced that I personally disagree with? Yeah. I think the question is who has the legitimate authority to pass those laws? It's the people of those states shouldn't come from the federal government, shouldn't be some kind of national top-down sort of uh, cram-down type thing like that. But that's part of the system, is that the, the, the people within the states get to pass the laws that they want to see, and they are also responsible for enforcing those laws. And if those are wrong or unjust, there are mechanisms to fix that, or you can also leave. You can, you can pack up and set up a new life in a different state. Right. Okay. I guess that's where the constitutionalist comes in, right? Where you just want every state to be in control of its own thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that's of, of huge value. Uh, I know, and I don't want to mischaracterize malice. Um, and, and frankly, I'd like to talk to him sometime because I feel like there's some things about that sort of, I don't know if like anarchist or what the appropriate title would be to use for him, but I know his vision of the role of the state is next to none. Um, and how you handle things 
like justice in that sort of society, I'd be interested to think about. Um, but yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is there is no such thing as a, a set of laws that you are going to consent to perfectly, that it's just not going to exist to the extent that we all organize together to establish them. You're going to disagree with some and not others. Uh, as a system to maximize your level of consent with that legal structure, that's why the states have to uh, have to be um, priority, have to be the power centers, because that allows you to move between them and find a place that you uh, think is mostly aligned with your values. Right. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I just... Um, do you really see that, like... Hmm. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. But, um... What, uh... It seems like you have some hesitation, or... What, uh... I suppose, what are your thoughts? If you do, or you have some... Some... An alternative, uh... Perspective, what... What would be the challenge or what, uh, what's on your mind as far as hesitation? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I've been having trouble too, like, um, trying to wrap my head around it because, uh, malice is pretty like 100% anti-police. He says like, even the good guys or the good police are the bad guys because they're holding unconstitutional uh, laws. And yeah, I'm just not too sure. I this is a reason I, it'd be great for me to talk to him because uh, I'd like to know. Obviously, I, I understand that that no matter what, to the extent you grant that the state has a legitimate purpose in creating and enforcing laws, there will be laws that you disagree with. That is unavoidable for every single person, unless that's just not a legitimate government function and it doesn't do that. If it doesn't do that, and we're in something of a like a lawless society or something close to an anarchist society. My my concern is how is justice sought and achieved? How let's say somebody comes and robs you and you need justice for that robbery. Is it simply me and my friends go to seek justice for that, get my property back and punish those who did that? And if so, is it just my army against that guy's? And maybe it's not that justice is unachievable. Perhaps I could go get my property back and achieve justice. But if that guy has a thousand men defending him and I have me and my friend, justice is effectively unattainable. Yeah, Um, he would probably say um, uh, private police. He uses a lot of um, hmm. anarcho-capitalist arguments, even though he wouldn't call himself that. Yeah, I guess uh, this is what I uh, and I'll probably have to leave the conversation there. Cause I don't want to unfairly yeah. characterize his position, but even him. if it's private police, it's still just, it's people essentially buying an army. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. If they all want to get together and purchase security for themselves. But if those people become abusive and justice needs to be sought and they have just purchased the larger army to defend their wrongdoing, then justice is not obtainable for the people of lesser means. And I I don't know how to resolve that unless there's some sort of police structure to do that, some sort of justice system that we are all a party to rather than just uh, interests that have the means to assemble that sort of force. Right. Okay. I, I guess I just had one more question. Sure. It was, um, do you think some people are better than others? Uh, in, in what way? Do, do I, well, let me answer your question. Um, in the best way that I can, I think all human life has value. 
So in terms of its value, no. Are some people more more moral than others? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. You you, you think that some human lives are not more valuable than other human all lives? All human life has value. I get yeah, that's not what you said. You said all human life has value, and then you said something that contradicted that. And now I can't remember. Well, I think all human life has equal value. Yeah. I don't think okay. that just because I I deem your life less valuable that I should be able to strip rights from it or something like that. Well, that's not the necessary conclusion. Like, do you think a baby's life is more valuable than an old person? Oh, from like a triage perspective. Yeah. Um, I suppose in the context where resources must be applied, it's perfectly sensible to make that sort of distinction. But I'm thinking of it in the moral sense of do both of those lives have rights that ought to be respected? And they do. I agree with that. All right. And just one more thing. Uh, Blonde, can you do me a favor? Perhaps. I'm I'm trying to get a new ringtone. Uh, can you say the N word? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I was, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's get a big ask. Nibba. He said the N word. <laughs> okay, I did not expect it going that way, but thank you for the call. No problem. Thank you. I would kind of like for somebody's ringtone to be that though. Only I get to say the N. No, that's that's not true. We've both said the N word on this show before. You quoted President Biden. And I yeah. said, <laughs> you said white N word. And I said, Jack Conti is not a white N word, but I hard would the hell out of that. He really did. Okay. We are uh, past due because I got stuck on the police conversation there, but that was of interest to me. So thanks for patience. Um, we I was are talking about you in the live chat the whole time. It's fine. So you're talking shit about, uh, about Just constitutional my... conservatives in general. And <laughs> How you jerk off thinking about the Constitution and some other things. There has to be a set of rules. What uh, otherwise? Well, I don't know. I What do you want other than like a Dothraki power struggle? That. You want Dothraki power struggle? No. Right. Um, I think that a constitutional republic would work if it was somehow irrevocably enshrined that you could not have any immigration. Ah, well, okay. We we don't necessarily have an immigration policy in the Constitution, but perhaps it could be. Right, like like no amendment ever possible. Can't do it. Never hmm. going to happen. Because then you can make ba- basically any kind of governmental institution work if you have a small group of modest people that disagree with each other. Well, it's, I, I certainly grant the point that that um, is more durable against mistakes. It's it's a less chaotic type thing. I don't know that. Obviously, I still think some systems will function better than others. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everybody come on in and it doesn't matter what you think or who the hell you are. It's clearly not a system for uh, prosperity. Or no, peace. no. But if we would have yeah. stopped taking people in like 1865 or something. Well, we had uh, a significant conflict that ended in 1865. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, we're like, all right, we, we did the civil war thing. We're done now. Yeah. Done. No more influx of, of immigrants from anywhere. But then we had to go get the Indians and that <laughs> resulted in some conflict too. That's true. Uh, we would yeah. be way better off though. Uh, it's had its flaws. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, let me get just a couple chats here because I'm already behind. Oh, right. uh, Captain Norway over on Tippy Stream. Uh, and actually, we're using the new system tonight, so I don't even need to differentiate between Tippy Stream and YouTube. Uh, Shalom, Matt. Guten Tag, Blonde. Dodge retiring the charger instead of rebranding it as Dodge Shit I Gotta Recharge Her Electric <laughs> Vehicle. That is such a uh, lost opportunity. I agree. That would have been funny. Yeah. Uh, 
Holden Mulray says, uh, hi, truth seekers. I think red blue paradigm is reversed. The GOC GOP should be blue as in blue chip or blue blood. And the Dems should be red because apparently obvious, uh, or maybe the Dems should be red and the GOP should be yellow. I don't know, but the Democrats certainly should be red. That, that seems fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, vinegar is gonna vin augustus cornelius romaine aka black hitler aka black hammer went to the black slammer charged with kidnapping sodomy and other charges can you not say any of these things in the live chat the way this probably is not um also, they may have been getting funding from Ruskies. We should update the story on Sunday. Many of those people probably have a. This is a black Hitler who like killed a guy or raped a guy at his weird house. There was a weird suicide, probably not suicide, and then some like sexual ass slavery. <laughs> sexual ass slavery. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that story. I have another update that is of interest. Remember the tranny prisoner in New Jersey, the guy who impregnated two women by saying he was a chick and going to women's prison? Did he cut it off? kind of he was so mad because he got to like i think uh didn't he go to like a a juvenile prison for boys okay he he was misgendered and he was so enraged that he tried to hack off one of his testicles with a razor blade and i'm very interested in this story because number one what does tried to mean how far did he get and number two why why one yeah maybe that's what it means maybe he was just partially done i'm fine with this People are always like, if we don't offer gender reassignment surgery to people, they'll just hack off their own genitals. I'm well, like, who cares? Well, Why that's, does anyone care? That's how you know this has nothing to do with mental illness. Because I know when someone calls me the wrong name, the first thing I do is I grab a <laughs> razor blade, I look for one of my desk here, and I start hacking away at my nut. That's what any sensible person <laughs> would do. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Ooga Booga Lou, I, I think we might have gone over him. Remember that time the Joker earned Gotham's trust by handing out money and then poisoned everyone? No particular reason. Just curious. Uh, yeah, that does sound like a uh, like a, a familiar person right now, doesn't it? Colton Reed. Vision guests stink in three days. Benjamin Franklin. Franklin. That's uh, true. I just called him Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> and I think it was a but Freudian these... slip. <laughs> yeah, but these weren't guests. They were his family. That's Although... doesn't. That that doesn't matter. Uh, uh, last one for now. Long Dong John says, Matt, and I once made love. He agreed to pay my student debt if I decided to catch and not pitch. And now I'm mad, too. Wow. Okay. You really should chop off your nuts. You're acting queer. We will uh, come back to your chance at the um, top of the hour. I'll have Thank to you. just circle back with you. Casey Lee is up next. Casey, go for it. Oh, hey, how are you kids doing? How are you beautiful kids doing? It's been a minute. Hi, Casey. How you doing? We are well. How are you? Good, good. How are the respective husband and uh, wife and uh, all the kids in this during the summer? Good. Emmeline is just so annoying. Like, she has just reached this terrible twos thing where if she wasn't so cute, I would just want to... So frustrating. Just throw your phone in front of her face. No, I only did that one time, Casey. One time. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say anything. It was a bad joke. Casey and I went to dinner and um, Emmeline was being really annoying. And so I put on what the parents like to call Bluey. And she was so good. And after that, I was like, I see how this screens thing happens. I see how it happens. That is she the only time I've done it. Though. Look, when I started to sing Baby Shark, she looked at me like, like big eyed. like oh, I can't believe you know that. 
Uh, Anna, she's re- also really into Baby Shark. This is not what I expected when I realized I was going to be a parent. You know? <laughs> I thought I'd be better than this. Well, yeah. it's good to hear from you. It's been a while since I've been here. Um, I, I, so the show opened up great. I love the conversation, but I, I reject the um, the fatalistic ac- acceleration. We're supposed to dispose mm. of commies, not jam them into the clown car. Yeah, but but what if the ultimate goal is mass commie disposal? After all, nobody disposes of commies like other commies. That's true. <laughs> they are so good at genocide. That's true. What Rebecca had said or previously was like the, the human uh, the human capital of, of, of suffering that would be resultant of that is kind of like why I, I called. And I've been thinking about this for hmm. a while. Actually, part of our dinner conversation about like we were talking about Ruby Ridge and Waco and you know, that the, the recent Trump raid and the uh, the I, alleged IRS army funding and all of these things over the last year, some of Matt's individual standalone videos, like about um, Elijah Dickin and the, and the stabbing guy from the, yeah. um, and all these like, uh, like the Rittenhouse case, it just seems like there's a mass uh, pushback. Um, and there's going to be, I think, uh, not to be black pill, because I'm usually pretty white pill, is um, I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of these engagements. Um, from the FBI and other places, uh, other agencies and pushback from the government and also the vitriol between the division of citizenry where, you know, people are are pushed to the point where they're just not going to take it anymore. They're going to start defending themselves and there's going to be a lot more of these types of, unfortunately, these altercations. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's a, that future is staring us right in the face, isn't it? It's happening. I know it's a, it's anecdotal, but I don't remember things being like this when I was growing up. Yeah, I, I well, I wonder because it, it does seem like conflict, uh, like uh, shop owners defending themselves, citizens defending themselves, all of those sorts of. It does seem like that's more frequent, but at the same time, the ability to deliver video of that sort of encounter is also higher now than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. That's true. So it's impossible to know if this is uh, increasing in frequency or maybe we're just paying more attention to it in selection bias. But it makes sense. Like as to the prior conversation, as um, I think police as a profession, uh, police officers as a profession are attacked um, and under threat from all sorts of activists at this point. There are just fewer of them and fewer good ones who are going to actually intervene in that sort of crime. And if criminals are emboldened, potentially there's more. We know crime rates are increasing. It's not like they're the highest ever, but they are increasing relative to prior years. So Mm -hmm. if crime rates increase, I suppose it makes sense that people defending themselves would also increase. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think like like a conversation I had in a previous call like months ago. Um, if you if you remember the, um, uh, the the five to six counties in in uh, Washington and uh, Oregon that wanted us to secede into Idaho, what'd you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, like Eastern Oregon, right? Yeah, oh. in Eastern Oregon, Eastern Washington, so about a bunch of counties wanted us to secede into Idaho, and there's like a bifurcation of all migration since COVID, and there's this thing called Diagalon. You ever heard of Diagalon? The the, no. the, the, the meme about. Um, where there's a strip from Alaska through uh, through Canada across the regions we're at Idaho, Montana. What a lame name! That's the best they've got. I know it's stupid. Diagonal. It's mimetic, but I mean the, the idea is that there's the as the as the cultures people are migrating and finding yes. their own communities, they'd be more insular, and there's more probably when these groups of people, divergent people, interact. Then there's going to be more 
potential for those types of, you know, those, you know, difficult situations. What is yeah. this place called? Diagonal. And why do I only see it on Twitter? That's like the only source I can find for it. It's silly. It's, it's kind of it's just a me, a silly meme. I, I probably shouldn't have brought it. Oh, wait, it's no, here it is. CT. It's a Canadian thing. Yeah. It's extremist. What, what is the Diagonal extremist group and what does it want? Uh, well, probably to be left it. alone. Yeah, probably yeah, to be left real. alone is what they want. But it's that same vibe I was telling you about like uh, months ago when we were talking about when that story was hot about those those counties out of Eastern. There's just, you know, there's I think there's more polarization between the, the citizenry and then there's more uh, largesse of, of government where it's um, unwieldy. So when these agents are rogue outside of the standard, you know, powers that are scripted to them yeah. to where there's going to be, I, I believe, more of these confrontations like, you know, the. Not just the Trump raid, but, you know, the IRS agents going to people's houses or the more confrontations where people are taking it upon themselves to protect themselves. And there's going to be more human casualty, which I think is sad and unfortunate. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Get this. According to CTV News in Canada, the Diagonal Group is a loose network of people with neo-fascist militant views. Oh, come on. Which emerged from a group of live streamers called the Plaid Army. According to the Canadian <laughs> Anti-Hate Network, how the hell have I never heard of the Plaid Army? I need to be friends yeah. with these guys, whoever they are. No. Well, you should have been. I was going to come through your way when that when that when the when that got bit when they got big was it was when all the trucker stuff in Canada was happening and there's yeah. that that border town of Coots with this this diagonal. Oh yeah, was, yeah. That's that's mostly. on the Montana border, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. But I just I haven't called it in a while. This whole show is a tangent. Don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I miss you guys. Miss talking. I started chiming into the show again. I thought oh, I might as well just jump in and say hello. Was well, good to talk to you. Casey. Thank you for calling. It's always great to hear from you. Okay. Well, take care. Have a great rest of your summer, and I'll catch up with you guys again. Thank bye you, bye. Casey. Okay. Bye. You know, on the topic of uh, children too, we are T minus. Nine days until my son's first birthday. Can you believe that? How is that even possible? How fast? Oh God! The uh, the first steps are like imminent. He he's he's basically doing it, but he's just not quite there. Just slips uh, through your fingers. Dadas and the mamas. Oh God! I was uh, listening to your stream with quite frankly. Yeah. And I'm like sobbing and like ugly crying in my car because you guys are talking about how your children's lives are just slipping through your fingers and you have to enjoy every moment. And then something that has never occurred to me, every picture you take, that moment's gone. Yeah. You and know, I was like, um, I know I, I know that I've wasted some time here uh, and I, I apologize. There's there's one thing on this topic I did want to mention. I thought maybe I maybe I'll maybe it's a Sunday thing, too. But on that topic of. um of that sort of meaning that your family and your children bring to you. This tweet was nearly ratioed. And I thought of you when I, this is just a guy host of a a small podcast. This tweet went viral yesterday and it was nearly ratioed by a bunch of who I presume to be wine drinking cat ladies in apartments who are trying to convince themselves that they made the right choices, though they clearly did not listen to this tweet. It was controversial for some reason. Millennials who are very cavalier about not having children are in for a shock when they enter their 40s and realize realize life is only half over. What do you do at that point? Keep trying to be sexy and have fun? I expect to see a lot of sadness and confusion about what to do at that point. And the replies are just full of 35, 40 plus women 
insisting that well, they will be the hot grandmas at spring break. Just you wait and see. No, no. And, and he's doing a real kindness. Do you know who Bridget Phetasy is? I do. Yeah. OK, so I have been harassing her on Instagram for like a year mm-hmm. and she finally agreed to come on my show. Oh, I'm shit. so excited. I know. I Maybe she we should just bring answered her on, me on, yesterday. On the stream. I'd like to talk this to This is her my too. thing. All right, fine, fine. You do a good job <laughs> with your interviews. I won't I want a long form interview yeah, with yeah. because um you know, for those of you that don't know, she used to write for Playboy and she had an OnlyFans um and she was addicted to heroin and she she got sober and she um had they told her that the her doctors told her that the she was going through menopause. And then um, miraculously and accidentally, she got pregnant at age 43 and she just gave birth to a daughter named Matilda. Oh, good for and, her. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's married and, and she's like really turned her life around. And she just put out this article called I Regret Being a Slut. Yeah. And it's so beautifully written and it's so moving. And so I messaged her and the message just said like what what bad people do or even mediocre people do when they have transgressions in their youth is they try to validate them by bringing more people into the way that they live to yeah. be like, look, these other people are doing the same thing. But what she's done is is so brave and it's such a kindness for for younger women. It's like it's such a kindness what she's done uh, to be like, this is not the way that um, you find happiness that you um, that you respect yourself. And and I just I just really appreciated that kind of brutal honesty because she's also setting herself up for so much online criticism. I mean, oh, listen to these dumbass replies to that. Uh, this is one of the top replies. Sorry, you need to have a child. So someone is forced to hang out with you, bro. Hope things improve for you. No, dummy. He's talking about living a complete life and having some form of satisfaction in your elder years. It's not about forcing people to hang out with you. Listen to this yeah. one. Hot take. Children shouldn't exist just to satiate the boredom and sadness of adults. Hot take. <laughs> You're going to be bored and sad. If you think that you are going to just get old and have no family and that's going to work out fine for you. You're delusional. You're insane. And it's I guess you're entitled to your own choices. All right. I'm not this, this force theme that they're getting at is bizarre. Cause obviously I'm not going to force any of these people to have a family, but it is so disheartening to see members of our generation. At least I assume, cause this tweet was directed at millennials willfully rejecting one of the best parts of a complete life. Yeah. And it's the best way for ordinary people to find fulfillment and happiness. Yes. That's just so sad. Like I look at Emily and I'm like, what a miracle that you're here. And if I don't do anything else in my life, does it even really matter that much? Because I created you. Yeah. And and these people are never going to know that because like, because they want to get drunk. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you needed someone to hang out with you, blonde. You must not be very cool. You must not be. You must not be fun at parties. I'm very fun at parties. People want to hang out with me. Parties anymore. (laughs) That's the point. Everyone. I don't care who you are. You will reach a point at which your life is on the decline. And I mean that like health wise. I mean that in terms of your ability to partake in activities you enjoy, your productivity. It's just the reality. And for all of us, we're going to get to that point and think, okay, my life is in its twilight. What do I have to enjoy in my later years? And for most people, that is life vicariously through their children. Yeah, exactly. And to just reject that because it's viewed as <laughs> suddenly it's selfish to have kids. Like this is the most bizarre thing I've I know, ever heard. I know. Uh, 
they've they've really been brainwashed. I'm just sad that uh, you know, and having children. People always say this, like having children. It's not a guarantee that you're going to be taken care of in your old age. And it's like that's totally true, but it definitely increases the chances. <laughs> definitely yeah, and, increases, and, and that's and, not the only reason to have children. It's like, what about passing on your genetic legacy? Yeah. And I will also say it's not just about having something that provides you purpose in your elder years, because, of course, it provides me purpose today and I'm not old yet. But the other thing it does is it really helps you in the darkest times. You, you want to yeah. you wonder how people get through impossible circumstances. It's through quality family. Oh, my I've God. referenced it so many times. Um, probably my favorite interview we've ever done was with Ian Petty, Ryan Ian Petty's son, Petty, who, yeah. and his his sister, Ryan's daughter, was killed at Parkland. And. Ian, not long after, was able to talk about that in very honest, um, I, I mean, appropriately emotional terms, I would say. It wasn't like he was, uh, it's it's hard for me to describe. He's able to talk about something very traumatizing openly and publicly because he has such strong family support. And that yeah, was- and faith. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, if you want to be, if you want to succumb to life's greatest tragedy, have no one to fall back on. You set up a life with no one to fall back on. Good luck to you. Tragedy is yeah. going to get everybody. Something bad's going to happen to you someday. It happens to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I just really, I really feel for these people and the loneliness that they're yeah. going to experience. Yeah, I. God, dude. If you can't entertain yourself, don't create new people just for that purpose. I can't facepalm any like that is not what I'm not. I'm not creating people for my entertainment, man. I'm creating. Uh, although uh, kids I'm, are highly entertaining. They are. But that it's, it's not the idea that that they that like they only exist to serve me. You know what? I intend to raise a son who's grateful to have been given the gift of life from his mom and his dad. Yep. Yeah. And when you do a good job, they will be grateful in the same way. I'm grateful to my parents. Do I look at my parents and say, oh, my, <laughs> this sucks. You guys just had me to entertain you. No, they gave me the gift of life. And I think that it, and obviously, you're grateful. I, I try to do the best with that, that I possibly can. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I need to get back to the callers because I just look at this thread. And if people want to look at this, it's at G Shane Morris, G S H A N E Shane Morris M O R R I S. I can't believe that guy's getting ratio for this. I, I tweeted it yesterday, and it's like the fact that that this is remotely controversial is an indictment on our generation. Oh yeah, you guys are all insane. You're all going to be depressed cat ladies in your high rise urban oh, yeah. apartments, hating yourselves and contemplating when the appropriate time to jump off the balcony is. Give it T minus like twenty years, I guarantee all of you are going to be in that boat. You're not going to be so proud of that fucking sweater that you knitted. Or really happy about the deal on Kirkland wine that you got from yeah. Costco. Or, wow, your cat is so cute and it got 20 likes on Instagram or some shit like that. You're going to have to find a better purpose for your life. And these people are willfully rejecting it. I know. And then they're going to have to reconcile with not just loneliness in their old age, but that they wasted their their life. And Sad. their life is Sad. meaningless in, in, the long, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Nicholas, thank you for your patience. I got... Uh, hot dog i got on it we got on a tangent <laughs> i shouldn't say we i got on a tangent and I, I wanted to go down that road a little bit my apologies. well that's okay i was why i couldn't i had you the show muted so if i got called in i wouldn't have to mute it but mm -hmm. based on the chat i can say um you should have kids and uh don't be a drunk parent i'm guessing yeah. is well it was about right. it, i don't know what generation <laughs> you are but it was it's a viral tweet 
talking about how millennials are crazy to think that if they don't have kids, they're not going to lose their minds when they're older because they really have nothing to live for. And it was phrased much more eloquently and politely than that. But it's getting tons of pushback from a bunch of crazy cat ladies to be insisting yeah. that they they oh, have nice. it all figured out and they will have the the proper red wine blend that will provide them with purpose in their elder years. That was what it was all about. Yeah. I no, I'll go back and listen to it, but I have kids and I suggest it for everyone unless you're a shitbag. Um There's nothing like so, it. That's that's for yeah. sure. Nothing like it. Um so Matt, I was hoping to uh talk about your video on the convention of the states if oh, sure. you'll entertain. Yeah. All right. So um good video. Uh factually correct up and down. I couldn't find any errors with it. Um but you had made some objections to objections to it from the left. Have you ever heard any arguments from the right? Yeah, th at least as far as I understand them. And if I mischaracterize them, uh, go ahead and, and uh, okay. jump in. But my what I understand to be the the fears of the right is that it will deviate from its purpose and become basically a constitution destruction event. Um you did your homework. Okay. And the reason I don't fear that is because number one, in this particular instance, we're passing a resolution for a purpose and mm -hmm. the convention of States organization has that purpose laid out and it's to limit the scope, the, the power, the scope of the federal government. doesn't mean it's binding. It is true that anybody could go to the convention of States for whatever purpose they want. But I, in theory, yeah, you, you could do, you could, um, create bad constitutional amendments from this. But I don't think that the the quote unquote bad states, the commie states, they don't have the volume to do that sort of thing. The volume of states is to diminish the power of the federal government. And I. I don't see even if it's not perfectly done, I don't see a way that diminishing the power of the federal government is bad presently. I just can't imagine a way that that could be done poorly other than if you start well. <laughs> hacking away. I mean, I, I don't know what sort of amendment you would have to pass. The ones that they're proposing are things like term limits. They're proposing things like reductions in alphabet agencies. They're proposing things like the scope uh, re uh, reductions in the scope of federal law enforcement, that sort of stuff. So hope, hopefully I'll be able to tell you some new things here. But do you agree that the left will uh, basically lie and cheat and bribe and come up with new ways to get creative with any process that they entertain. Yeah. I, mean, I I certainly grant that as a constant, but that's why I reject the status quo, you know? All right. And do you know who, who would in the article five situation who would create the process for the election and the selection of delegates? Uh, my understanding is that is the delegates are up to the States. Is it not? No, it's up to the Congress. Well, the, the delegates, the Congress creates the process for how the delegates are are chosen. Is that in Article 5? Yes. My understanding was Congress has no role. Con well, con not only does Congress call the time and the place, but they also uh, announce the process. I got to look up the exact language because I, 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 I'm not familiar with the, the, the actual text reference. So let me look it up. Okay. So... Um, I, well, while you do that, uh, I guess I could talk to Blonde. Hey, Blonde. Hey. Um, so Blonde, uh, in, in Matt's video, he said that the, uh, 
the the solution isn't through the federal government in the first place. And, you know, to his point that he was making earlier, he was talking about the issue being uh, or the the rights kind of fake issue being that uh, they could do bad things to the Constitution. And they could, if they wanted to, they could undo amendments, they could unwrite amendments, and they could leave us in a more uh, federal government control totalitarian situation. It wouldn't just necessarily be, hey, we're going to apply an amendment. Once the the, uh, convention of states is convened, or really it's the convention of delegates of states, it's not really a convention of states, Um, once that's convened, they're their own body. And anything could hypothetically happen inside of that. And I'm not saying that it necessarily would, but there is the possibility that we end up with a much thinned out version of the Constitution. And I can, I can, um, Matt, I can read to you a, a quote from, you were talking about the Convention of the States Action in your video, mm-hmm. which is kind of the organization which is pushing for this. There's this guy yeah. on their board named Robert, uh, Robert P. George. He's on their legal advisory board. And he wrote something called the Con- Conservative Constitution for um, the National uh, Constitution Convention. And in it, he wrote as kind of a change to the Second Amendment. He wrote, neither the states nor the United States shall make or enforce any law infringing the right to keep and bear arms of the sort ordinarily used for self-defense and recreational purposes. Then you mm-hmm. drop down three lines because it talks about some other crap. Um, uh, the United States and su- uh, places subject to it may enact and enforce reasonable regulations on the bearing of arms and the keeping of arms by persons determined with due process to be dangerous to themselves or others. So he wrote that in what he calls the uh, the conservative constitution. So if if that guy who's on the COS action board is hypothetically gutting the Second Amendment, I'm just saying it, it's possible yeah, that, that there are going to be... That's yeah. status quo. Literally all of that is status quo law. They're all going to try to do that anyway. The constitution isn't serving to protect us. So I guess I guess my my question is why should I fear that when that's what it is presently? Well, wow, I agree with because you. Because we have it we have it written quite simply that uh shall not infringe and what we're then talking about is keeping and bearing of arms of persons determined with due process to but, be dangerous to themselves. But uh, but on the other side that and you made this point so I'm not saying that I'm not trying to get you in some gotcha but there's there's absolutely no reason why that language has to be an outcome of the Convention of States. It it could be if everybody agrees to it. But I guess my, my whole problem with this line of criticism, negative outcomes are po- are possible. Sure. Uh, what is the status quo and why should I accept the status quo as some path to prosperity, some path to positivity? Because I don't see that in any way. Um, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. And then before we let you go, I wanted to... Um, the language of Article Five is is very brief, so I just wanted to read it quickly because I'm not I I don't understand the 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 point that you made about Congress's involvement. So I just wanted to iron that out before we wrap up. Okay. Did you have any response that you wanted to say about what I what I had to say about uh, status quo versus the convention? Um, no, not necessarily. I'll I'll okay. hear you out. So just uh, I'm going to just read through Article Five. It's just a paragraph, so. 
don't worry everybody it's not super long but i just want to understand <laughs> what because my understanding was this could be done without the involvement of congress so for my own understanding i want to be clear about this okay so the congress whenever two-thirds of the houses shall deem it necessary shall propose to this constitution or on the application of legislatures of two-thirds of, of the several states shall call a convention okay so this is the language that this is where i'm confused yeah they're saying congress shall call it on the application but my question there i guess is what sort of dis what discretion do they have that can they say no what is that like what is the purpose of the calling i suppose if they if the states have a application of critical mass that the, the um, mm -hmm. two-thirds that are necessary then what is the role of Congress doing that call? I guess we don't know because we don't have a, a historical example, but they have some well, role. I, I suppose you're correct in reading it that way. Yeah. I mean, so they're calling for the con they're, they're calling. So they say, Hey, we're going to have a convention. It's going to be here at this, at this place at this time. And they're going to buy the calling of it in the, in the letter of calling of it. They're going to outline the process by which it is governed. I, I need a I need someone to explain this to me because okay just so if if I understand this correctly two thirds of states apply Congress yes. does not have discretion as to whether that happens they must do it at least it, it would seem they can't say no yes so I suppose I Congress is just going to say uh, hey come one come all it's the convention of states now uh, but do they get some sort of rulemaking authority because that that doesn't seem totally clear to me in this language. It's sort of, un I mean, it's unclear. We don't have a historical example. And then of course, if the States did make a proposal that was ratified by three, three quarters of them, Congress has no say in that either. That becomes a constitutional Correct. amendment. But Congress can control the process. And so I, I guess the point is, is that, um, you know, it's, it's, we already have a constitution. It's already not being followed. And uh, the federal government isn't paying attention to its in enumerated limitations and powers. Yeah. And so it's it's I mean, kind of circular thinking that that to imagine that creating new limitations on the government uh, from continuing to violate the Constitution is going to work. It well, I, I, I certainly don't think that it is uh, any kind of guaranteed solution. My only concern is that if if not that what else and i think we know what else and well, what else actually is there's there's two <laughs> there they, so i i would i would agree with the what else i think that's probably necessary to some extent um but the other what else would be state nullification of federal laws but okay i mean that, you would you would need an equal critical mass of states to make it effective in any way shape or form sure but basically just have states say no, we're not enforcing that gun law. No, we're not enforcing taxes. And it's got to go further than that, actually. It has to be, we will arrest any feds who try. <laughs> yeah. Which, I grant that that's not a declaration of war, um, mm -hmm. but it is very, uh, well, it will be interpreted as warlike, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it goes yeah. in that direction. Yeah. Um, I suppose, and, and this is probably a point I could have done a better job of, of making in, in the video, because obviously my intent was not to say that this is going to cure all that ails us. Um, what I view this as is the last ditch effort to tell the federal government that, that this is really it. This is, this is our, this is our last political legal recourse 
And if the abuses continue, there aren't any more. You know, it's it's sort of like um, it's 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 exhausting all of your legal and political and peaceful options before the sort of come and get us stuff that you're talking about, which I think is perfectly justified. I'm not dismissing it at all. I th- think we probably yeah. agree on that. Um, I just think it's the only mechanism left for the states to show the government to show the federal government that we're serious. Um, no, and you did a great job with that video, and you you probably put up the best defense for it that I I thought you could have. But just with the wily nature of the left, I am concerned that we end up with less of a constitution or less of a federal restriction than we currently have. I I, I can see that. It's just you know as we as we were talking about they uh <laughs> they make less of the constitution every day, you know so. <laughs> They're very good at that. Whatever. I think to your original point, um, maybe we are, maybe there's foolishness here and like convention of states, not uh, working through Congress, not, these are very opportunistic people. And that makes me very, that's, it's kind of a fatalistic perspective because if you have people that are bent on abuse, what sort of methods do you have to, to fight that other than actually fighting that? Right. Um, at the end of the day, we are talking about writing down things on pieces of paper to try to stop people that laugh at it and crumple it up and point a gun right. at you anyway. And there's really only one solution to deal with that sort of uh, gun pointing. And it's a uh, counter gun pointing, Susan. And I don't want that, but they seem to insist on that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I uh, yeah. I appreciate the uh, I'm going to have to look more into this and maybe I'll talk to somebody who knows a little bit more about. The law here. I got some good articles if you want to, me to bore you. Blonde, well, I appreciate you hanging hanging in through this call. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. You're uh, you're absolutely right that Congress has appears to have a role that I did not understand. Like I was confused by this or. So when it says mm-hmm. or, I thought that was an end of the clause. Like Congress could do this or the states can do this, but it's it's it actually is. Uh, there's a role in calling the event. So what does that mean? Either way, I don't like Congress uh, involvement in it, and I got to figure it out. I will get out of here. Uh, yeah. Dangerous wanted me to let you know there's a guy in general uh, waiting who had sat through a couple of days of the Whitmer trials. Oh wow! Maybe we'll. So, uh, I think we have a pretty low volume of um of uh email questions, don't we? Looks like it's pretty. Uh yeah yeah. Yeah, just throwing it out there. Okay, yeah, I'd I'd love to hear that. Thank thank you for that, and thank you for the uh, the thoughts on convention of states. You got it. Have a great night, guys. Bye bye. All right. Um, let's see. That went way over. We will. Uh, why don't we just return to chats at the end of the stream? Okay. And I appreciate your patience. Would you be interested in hearing from a guy who was at the hell's? Yeah. People didn't hear the uh, the two who got a, a hung jury back in April. I think it was were convicted yesterday by a new jury and apparently the judge excluded a lot more of that uh pesky evidence of fed communication that might do you know what the sentence i mean they haven't been sentenced yet presumably but do you know what they're looking at i don't know what they face no uh let me talk to dangerous spaces really quick i'll I'll have to do this on air so bear with me hey mr dangerous spaces are you there yeah yeah i'm here sorry i'm just trying to we were just told that there's somebody hanging out who was at the Whitmer trial. Um, I'm, I'd be interested in talking to this person last call. So like around the 15 minutes from now, if you can round him up. 
Yeah, yeah, I can, I can bring. Uh, I'll have to check. They're still around. Oh, yeah, no, they're there. I can still see them. So, all right, yeah. See if he wants to come in in fifteen minutes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. No problems. Okay, Dan is up next. Uh, whoops! I brought in dangerous spaces again. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Uh, Dan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's on Hi, your Dan. mind? Um, yeah, hopefully it's not a dumb topic, but, um, I was actually talking to dangerous faces, um, just now about it. Um, my wife and I, we were recently baptized a few months ago. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember what I called in last year sometime about, is it dumb to go to church? Uh, if you aren't a believer for the social reason we talked yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and you were right, Blonde. They got us. Um, wow. Oh, I'm so happy. They got you. Yeah. Huh. How long did it take um, before you went from, say, uh, opportunistic community member to, to believer? Well, we started going in November. And then uh, my wife took uh, communion on Easter. And I took it the week after. Man, those Catholics, they work fast. Uh, it's not a Catholic church, though. Sorry to say. Oh. Blonde. Hmm. Which, which one of you was persuaded first? Uh, definitely my wife. Okay. Inter- That's and what great. Was, what was her perspective prior? Was she, did she have leanings or was she not a person of faith? I'd say definitely not a person of faith hmm. for either of us. Um, but she would probably say God existed before we started going to church. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. I'm glad that you guys have found uh, something like that. Uh, what uh, I know it's a big question to ask, like how did, how did your life's perspective and purpose change? But exactly was, that <laughs> was, was there a moment where you felt like I, you found God for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, it's kind of a cliche, but he obviously found us, um, because I guess the only way I can really describe it, um, and you really, you kind of helped me, uh, think about it, uh, just now earlier when you were talking about, um, you know, seeing your little boy grow up, Mm -hmm. um, how it's going by so fast just how precious those moments are, um, we have a little two-year-old. Um, she just turned two, two days ago. Um, and the way I feel about her, just like how right that feels um, with how I feel about going to the church, um, talking with other Christians and being in fellowship, um, learning about Jesus. Uh, praying to Jesus, it just, it's not like I solved a math equation. And I was like, ah, there you right. go. There's God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a feeling. Um, and I kind of had to come to re- the realization that that's what I was feeling the whole time. Like, that's why I started going to church um, was because I was feeling that pull. Hmm. Okay. 
Interesting. So maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm only X amount of months behind you, I suppose, because I a lot of that same those same life occurrences and that same curiosity is is what has drawn me into this Bible study that we're doing. I haven't done the like the formal church thing, um, and I don't. Uh, obviously, I enjoy doing the Bible study. I, I'm I'm still doing it for a reason. I don't feel like it's drastically changed my perspective so far, but. I think we're on like week 11 or 12, so I wouldn't expect my entire worldview to shift on immediate exposure. But I, I wonder, like a lot of what you're talking about in your trajectory there is stuff that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe that moment will happen. Yeah, I hope it does. Hmm. Well, uh, uh, <clears throat> thank but you. on the same vein. Yeah. Um, Oh, if you guys need to go, no problem. Well, no, we, no, it's okay. We'll have to wrap it up soon here, but if you have additional thoughts, go for it. Yeah, the, what I was talking with Dangerous Spaces about, though, was um, I can definitely tell most of my church, I haven't taken a poll, but most of them are on the young earth creationist side, you know, mm. evangelical. Um, but that's something I still struggle with of, uh, you know, how old is the earth? and evolution and things like that is I'm like an engineer E type. And, um, it's, it's hard for me as a, at a logical level to grapple with that, despite how real it feels, man, at this um, point, I'm wondering, is the earth real? It's probably just like <laughs> the whole thing is a hoax. I could believe that. So I don't, I don't know. No, I, I get what you're saying, but like, but yeah, when you're dealing with stories that, defy what we understand to be the natural order of the world in many ways. And, and I say this with my limited exposure to John's gospel so far, but of course the story of Jesus has a lot of miracles in it and miracles tend to defy what we commonly understand to be the scientific law of the world. So I could see how that would come into conflict. Um, but really quick before we let you go, how, how have you, or have you reconciled that? How, is it a conflict or does something, is there a way to make those things make sense to you? I'm still logically trying to make it work out. Um, but well, I, we I may not have to reconcile all of these things. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, it sounds kind of morbid, but you know, I'm looking forward to the day of just asking Jesus himself, <laughs> like, can you help me here <laughs> with yeah. this? Yeah, the mystery of life will be solved for us upon our right. death. And maybe that's supposed to um, help us deal with the fear of death. When we get up there, he's going to say, you know, it was actually wine and cats. You were totally wrong. I know. Those, those crazy <laughs> bitches on Twitter. Why did you procreate, you fools? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, thank you for the uh, the thoughts. I, that's really great for you and your family, man. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, and uh, I hope all the best for you. Thanks for, for sharing that and for circling back on the... Uh, the conversation from a year ago. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And your little boy's going to walk on his birthday. I'm calling it. Out. Oh man. Well, you might oh, not God. be, you, you might not be wrong. I will, I will report if the event happens. Thank you for, for the thoughts. Have a good night. Bye. bye you as well. Okay. Let me see. Why can't I figure this out? I've done this how many times and discord is still a mystery to me. All right. Meadily. Is up next. Meadily, are you there? Meadily? Hello. Hello. I got nothing, do you? Mm -mm. Okay. 
Well, let's see what else we got. Uh, Jimmy, are you a caller or are you hanging out to uh, do some screening? I can't hear him. Are you are you uh, tr- actually calling in or are you doing screening tonight? No, I'm calling in. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we can't hear our uh, our other caller, so go for it. That was just so weird. Your voice suddenly came in. Yeah, g'day. A uh, couple of things just from things I've noticed. Can't believe you actually watch Bluey. I was going to recommend that to you. It's like totally non-commie, non-LGBT bullshit. Just I've never seen it, woman. but I did put it on for my kid one time. Honestly, watch it. I've seen more adults more interested in that show than kids. It's just it's a completely wholesome, all guy girl. All the dog families are actually characterized by the way the dogs act in real life. It's really, really good. Really? This is why yeah, I don't yeah. have a problem with Baby Shark anymore. I'll send you some episodes that you'll just absolutely love. And no, it's an amazing show. Um, also, if you love hearing an Aussie accent, it is as Aussie as it gets. I it, truly do. It is a really great do. accent, but I got you. You don't have a problem with Baby Shark anymore. When I don't. Did, oh no, I hate Baby Shark. It's it's really really annoying. <laughs> and um, when my daughter sings it four thousand times a day, I want to stab my eardrums out. Yeah. However, it is a shark nuclear family. It's not like tranny shark. (laughs) It's like the mama shark looks like a mom. The dad, you know, even the grandpa shark, he's got like a little mustache and monocle, you know? All right. I'm out at tranny shark. I'm a, I'm a baby shark fan, but I'm out at tranny shark. That's That's, insane. That's fair. Whatever. Um, On kids. um, Another thing I just wanted to bring up on the subject of privilege. If you are actually born in a English speaking country, like unironically, you legitimately do have a lot of privilege. Simply speaking, English is a first language in that you can travel to anywhere in the world and you'll have your language accepted. And I think that growing up in any first world country, I actually think there's a duty to keep this society alive and to keep it alive. You know, you've been born into this thing that's had so much work put into it to get here. I actually think there's a duty that each of us have to give back to the society by creating kids that will keep the society going. Yeah. Now, I know it's falling apart now, but I just, yeah, I wanted to, that's my two cents. I actually think we have a duty to society as well to raise kids and to have kids. Of course we do. I mean, uh, think about everything that our ancestors had to deal with. Yeah. And we have an obligation the- to validate their existence by procreating. Yes. Now, Blonde, on communism, one thing I wanted to say, I get what you're saying, but um, I'm just going to use the Czech Republic as an example because it's the one I know the best. Um, in 68, the commies in Russia decided they weren't doing communism properly. They were getting a bit too liberal. So they rolled in with tanks and that began like the worst era of their country where people were getting dragged off to the gulags. There are buildings in the city that are still standing today where like that's where people were taken and never came out again. Um, After all that, when they finally got rid of communism in 89, it took them 13 years to vote a socialist government back in because oh of God. free shit. So the issue with getting a commie government is you don't get getting a back. commie government in is they institute all this free shit, in yeah. inverted commas. People get so hooked on everything being provided by the government, it does not matter. Once you set that society up, you'll never get rid of it. So even if you let communism in and it gets to the point where they're wiping half the population out, people are so used to free shit, they will still vote it back in. So wow. I personally That's true, but we already do have a forever. massive welfare-dependent yeah, yeah. class. But it can always get worse. That's true. Anyway, the reason I was going to call in, I was just going to do um, – I intended to do a bit of a love chat thing and just talk about uh, how to find the right woman or at least how to screen for red flags. All right, you got 30 seconds. (laughs) The official red flag list. All right, go for it. Yeah, women are at their most honest in about the first 30 seconds of meeting them. If you want to find Mm -hmm. out a girl's body count, you ask her almost immediately as like a joke. 
So like, how many guys have you been with? And when she goes to answer, you stop her and you say, including the ones that don't count. And you'll always see they will pause. They'll rethink in their head. And then they'll start discussing like, well, wait, what do you mean by don't count? No, I'm talking about vacation. I'm talking about girls nights out. Everything doesn't count. The better you but get do to people know, not count a- that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You get a free pass to be a total slut on vacation. Yeah. A okay. lot of girls will have this. It doesn't the, count in this scenario, and their their doesn't count number will be a lot higher. Wait, wait. But one, I'm you're being dead serious. This you would advise a hundred percent. You would advise this as this. a a first line or a close to first line. I'm telling you that a girl will be at her most honest right at the start because the more viable a prospect you become, the less honest she's likely to be because she starts trying to cover up hmm. all the stuff she thinks she'll judge her for. If you're just a fun guy next to her in a club and you've just, you know, because you're in the middle of a fun conversation and you've just dragged her in for a second, she'll want to be part of the conversation. All what right. I'm saying is, I'm not saying go in and ask that for the red flag thing. <laughs> the red flag thing is when you oh. hear all these stories about women taking guys to the cleaners and just like, you know, cleaning them out of everything and making their life absolute hell, yeah. you can also find out their propensity toward this. Now, what I've found is girls at church, Christian, Catholic girls particularly, but girls of higher moral, higher moral fiber, if you ask them right at the start in that sweet spot, if a guy like worst guy in the world really fucked you over, what's the worst thing you can imagine doing to him? They will actually tell you exactly what will happen to you once they turn sour on you. <laughs> All right, that's and sneaky. you can pick this. And if All you're right. smart enough to ask, and you find a girl that says, "Honestly, look, I'm actually Catholic," I would pray for them. Okay. Oh, wow, I would never. Answer that's that the question. one you want to go for. Because yeah, like sometimes it was venge- vengefulness can be properly programmed and targeted, right? Yeah, so can success <laughs> in business if you're a guy. Yeah, yeah I guess. If you're a girl, stay in the fucking kitchen. It's not your job. I would make sandwiches if a man abused me. That's the one you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> no, absolutely. But no, no, you can actually find out a lot of these red flag things. You need to find a girl that's not geared internally toward vengeance. Okay. So sincerely speak. Well, I know you're being sincere, yeah. but the uh, the points that you're trying to get at are, um, say, like a, a moral honesty with the body count. You're trying to get at... Um, at a lack of vengefulness with the abuse question. Um, I bring up the body count to highlight how honest they will be in the first couple of seconds of interaction. Okay. And I highlight Um, this as the opportune time to ask the girl, what's the worst thing you can imagine doing to a guy that fucks you over? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how bad does he fuck you you over? Like you've been married for 10 years and he bangs some 20-year-old or like beats you or something? Well, Western definition of fucked me over is he made me have a kid and ensured that i didn't have an 80 hour work week career by the age of 25 well that's not that's not fair i mean it, you have to be like you have to specify what something like what if your husband of many years beats the shit out of you or something well that's very different but a girl a guy sorry a girl that allows a guy to beat the shit out of her for 20 years that then no no into no, no what if you've been married to him for kids. 20 years and then he starts beating the shit out of you I don't know. You had 20 years to learn how to make a sandwich. It wasn't that for me. <laughs> All right. We have, t- <laughs> we have time for one more red flag. One more. Um, no, that's the main one. I'm just saying that the opportune okay. time to find someone is you want to find a girl that's not geared toward vengeance. And yeah, the yeah. best time to find that out is actually right at the start in the context of a, a fun conversation. You know, the- just go to a girl and say, hi, how fucking bad would you take a guy to court if he did what notes? 
the best way to find out is to fuck her over. That that's the best. Time see what for she it. does. Yeah, really. Yeah, but also try and find <laughs> yeah. a girl in a Catholic church who's actually not going to be geared toward wanting to do that anyway. Yeah, that's probably the that's best. That's what path. I'm trying to find. Find nice places Catholic where girl. red flags are less likely to be common. Yeah, like yeah. the Mardi Gras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there, there are. I don't know. There. Mutually assured destruction uh, is a a really solid way to keep a marriage together. <laughs> well, at some level, they're kind of all that you, you basically know each other's all, all the skeletons in your closet. Yeah. So. And then like, it's, it's good for mm. your husband to know it inherently like deep in his bones. Know that if he decides to bang some hot young slut, that you're just going to take all of his money. It's, it's good. <laughs> I um, like yeah. that sense of assurity in a marriage. I guess it goes without saying for a guy, don't be a dick. If you're looking to treat a girl well, this is how you find a girl that's going to treat you the same. Does it go without saying, though? Because all these, it goes all these without guys saying on, for, this is what I mean. All these guys on the right is, act like intent. guys are never dicks. That's the thing about all this, all this like, well, women can screw you over when you get married. Yeah, but but guys are like, a lot of them are pussy hounds and, and totally lie about who they are until, until a baby's on the way. Sometimes guys in your community? No, I mean I've just met people like this. Like I, I know people sure. like this, where it where it's genuinely not the woman's fault. Um, sure, but I'm talking to your guys right now, in real time. These are the guys I'm talking to and about. I'm sure there are some guys in our audience that are just huge, monumental pieces of shit. Right? You know, who there's you probably are. faggots as well. But what are you going to do? There are definitely <laughs> faggots. <laughs> what about piece of shit faggots? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, all right. Well, good uh, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for the too. insight, man. Have a good Bye. night. Or a good day down under, good I suppose. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I think 50% is our Whitmer caller. At least uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to get to that Whitmer caller. If 50% what? 50% good guy. 50% 50% fed straight I, out of the- Yes, that's the reference. The... Uh- 50% of everyone's a fed, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so were you... Uh, we were told by our screener that you were at the Whitmer trial. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the last few days. So, um, last four days, I guess. And you're talking this one that just ended in conviction. Like the second yes. go-around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't hear about the first, the first one kind of in time or wasn't aware of it enough to actually view it or anything where was this in michigan was it uh, uh what city it, was it's it? grand rapids okay so i'm i'm near enough that's pretty easy to view view it you know go to the the court so what uh, what were your observations um i mean i was only there for kind of the end so uh two days of the kind of the end of the prosecution's case um the the defense was pretty quick they did theirs on one day like three hours um and then of course closing arguments um so i don't the know the defense if only put up a three-hour case yeah yeah i was like was um, that was that because yeah. the judge didn't allow certain things admitted or why was it so brief i'm not exactly sure um, that's in that's in oh. yeah there's a lot I of think, uh, things to talk about <laughs> like you yeah, can make a three-hour youtube video on this yes yeah i think they may have gone over a lot of the other stuff saying like cross examinations kind of responding okay. to the prosecution. Yeah. I, I'm not like totally sure. They just didn't, uh, they must not have called a lot of their own witnesses or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they only had, Oh, they, um, I think they had one 
an FBI special agent, and two other witnesses. It, it was, yeah, fairly short. Wow. Okay, so very, very brief defense case. Uh, anything else that you thought was noteworthy? Um, I mean, they, they talked, of course, about a bunch of, you know, different kind of evidences and stuff. Um, though, frankly, going to the court case is not the best way of understanding the evidence, just because you're hearing, you know, two, essentially two totally biased sides. And some of the information can sound, kind of sound confusing. Um, yeah. Hmm. I was, was wondering if you had any any specific questions. Well, uh, I've yeah. never I've never been uh, on a jury of any significance. I've not sat in a courtroom in the way that you're describing. Have you yeah. done this before? Or is this your first time? Oh, oh, this is this is my first time. Okay, so. I was just curious if maybe yeah. you had experience with other ones and how that might compare. But um, I don't know. I guess I I don't oh. necessarily have uh, specific. Qu- I mean, we we know the outcome is what it is. I was reading yeah. some of Julie Kelly's work on it, and she was saying that certain evidence that was admitted last time around was not admitted this time around, including FBI communication and all that, like a lot of text messages and things. I'll have to go back and look at what exactly that was and was not. Um, of course, you wouldn't get that in the courtroom. It's not like they're going to mm. say, by the way, here's all the excluded evidence. Yeah. Because um, by its nature, it's not going to be brought up. But Right. And there's a little bit of that. There's um a few times where the, the defense was, you know, trying to bring up something and the, the judge wouldn't allow it. Um, text messages and um, the more, you know, the essentially like the FBI kind of questionable stuff wasn't allowed to get in or the yeah. judge didn't I, allow it. I guess my only question would be if I want to engage in this sort of Fed watching that you did, if I want to go partake in my local that maybe if I want to go spectate is a better way to say it because you're not really partaking. But if I want to spectate my local uh, Fed prosecution, what what is the process for doing that? I don't even know. What did you I mean, do? It's, it's pretty simple. You just, I mean, um, kind of have to figure out the location where it is and you know yeah. times and stuff like that. Um, you just, I just called the the clerk the, for uh-huh. that area. Um, but it's pretty simple. You just um, kind of go through a security area, which is pretty simple. No electronics. Obviously, no weapons, right? Yeah. Um, and then you just pretty much just walk in, you know, walk into the court area and just sit down there. Was in this it... case, I was surprised there wasn't that many people there. There's okay. Maybe like most times is like 10, 15. And most of those are, you know, journalists and. Oh, so that's families. including the media members. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. In the in the kind of gallery area. Wow. Okay. So that was it. It wasn't like you had to, there was no ticket or something. There was no special no. thing you had to do to get in. It's just like, call them up, show up like you're doing anything yeah. else at the courthouse yeah. and uh, have at it. All right. Well, I, yeah. I suppose that's good to know that you can, if you are a citizen who wishes hmm. to spectate such things, it's possible to have citizen oversight in that way. That's yeah. really good to know. Cause that's reassuring. I, yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never done that. So uh, maybe if there was a, a some kind of, case of significance i would give that a yeah. shot yeah and this is also a federal case yeah um, i pretty certain you can do the same thing on local you know local yeah. cases too well thank you for uh calling in and for the insight that's uh that's interesting so uh and, yeah and if you uh if there's anything else that you think of later on this case I, um go ahead and send I, it my way because i certainly want to understand it and talk about it some more all right yeah there's a few other things you should mention the main interesting parts that i saw there quickly yeah sure yeah so the main, I mean, most of it was fairly dull. You just get a, get a bunch of 
FBI special agents entering in evidence. Yeah. Um, the main kind of interesting things, the most interesting was when they're crossing one of the FBI agents who was the contact for one of the informants, where he mentioned how the pro- the, the defense asked him, like, what about when he obtained a rifle from one of the um, informants who, who was a, a felon? Um, and he said, well, actually, I didn't wait, obtain wait. it. I didn't get it from this guy, um, Roberson. Oh, yeah, that's right. That guy, right. He, he wasn't a federal agent, but he was an informant. Okay, yeah. Right, He right. was a yes. felon. How did he get the gun if he was a felon? Did the no fed- idea. Oh, oh the what guy a surprise. Saying, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't get it from the guy. He just got it on the ground in a parking lot. Oh, mm. oh who oh, put it next there? Next to a vehicle. I guess it is Detroit, the maybe. It was in. <laughs> oh, 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 wow! What so, luck! You know, right? Yeah. Um, but it actually, there, it was a like AR-15 style rifle, but it yeah. also had a silencer on it. Oh mm. wow! So double yeah. illegal, assuming it wasn't right. properly registered. Which, if he transferred it to that guy without doing the paperwork, right. is uh, improper. And then later on, gave it back to him in Delaware. Oh, so crossing go. state line. Actually, mm-hmm. I guess suppressors are different with. Uh, other NFA items, you have to actually tell the feds when you cross state lines. I don't think you do with suppressors, but of course, that would be a moot point if the suppressor was in the possession of someone to whom it was not registered anyway under federal law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, they have. Wow. As always, it's like the Taliban gets the sweetest kits. All the federal informants <laughs> get the sweetest kits. Meanwhile, if yeah. I was caught with the same thing, just trying to be a polite neighbor and not make noise down at the gun range, I get raided. They kick down my door. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you for the thoughts. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Figured out to maybe contribute something. All right. Well, have a great night. All Thanks right, a lot. You too. Okay, that will uh, do it on calls for the evening. Appreciate everybody calling in, and I appreciate your patience with our uh, tangents about cat cat ladies and wine ladies as well. Uh, of course, if you are uh, looking to participate in the show, but you're having trouble getting in live or uh, perhaps you can't participate live. You can send us an email question. The way to do that, again, is the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That's where we take our call-in show questions. We respond to those at the end of the stream each week, as we will right now. James is up first, yeah? Yeah. Oh, this is our uh, this is our Intel guy, our Intel super chat. Which is why I put this long-ass thing in here. Ah, it's the only reason. Just for Mr. you, James. James. Just for you, James. Yeah. Hey, just so you know, counterintelligence is going to conduct a damage assessment brief regarding the documents. For classification purposes, it's going to be a closed door meeting. Oh. What will happen is they will go over which documents were missing from the White House. I don't know. Okay, fine. Uh, see how much of them were in Mr. Trump's possession and assess the possible damage to national security. Right now, there's been no releases on what was on those documents. For all we know, it could be a big nothing burger or it could be nuclear locations or missile base information. We do not know. I don't know why he would do that. All we know is that he is in possession of documents labeled TS or SCI. SCI is modifier for sensitive compartmented information, meaning that stuff shouldn't be at Mar-a-Lago in the first place. All I can say is stand by for further information. Personally, I don't believe any of these documents have been declassified and uh, are releasable to the general public. If it was, well, wouldn't Trump or his lawyers be saying what it was? Right. 
Uh, wouldn't they be on the news screaming? They took these declassified documents that was part of the witch hunt against me or whatever. At this point, if it was unclassified, we know what was on those documents by now. Freedom of Information Act would have been called by every outlet. Just wanted to share more from your favorite monkeypox addled intel analyst. He has monkeypox? I hope not. God. <laughs> Stay safe, y'all, and keep up the phenomenal work. Yeah, this has to be nothing because people aren't talking about what it is specifically. They're just talking about what it could potentially be. And saying that it could p- potentially be nuclear codes, like, yeah, but it could also be nothing. Well, th- thanks for the info. My question, too, and I don't know how all of this will proceed, obviously. Um, when we get this damage assessment report, is it just going to be them coming out with a report that doesn't tell us what the hell it is? And it says, very damaging very That's, very yeah. damaging and secret do we actually will the public actually get to understand and assess for ourselves even if you can't tell me let's say that it was nuclear locations of nuclear missiles you don't have to tell me the longitude and latitude to tell me it no, was they, the they locations wouldn't, wouldn't it be um uh, a breach of national security just to give the general public <laughs> that, that information this is why That's i can't be say. charitable with this is they always find some way where it's just convenient to their purposes that they actually can't be transparent about it in yeah. this case it's classified information apparently um i don't know and it's gonna get really legally interesting too and i know that not all the legal questions have to do with whether it was classified or not, as we talked about the Sunday when we went through it, the laws that they're citing don't strictly have to do with handling of classified information or not, but that may become a legal issue. And if Trump just says, well, I declassified all these, how the hell are you going to bring that to a jury and say, no, he didn't because he never wrote it down properly on a piece of paper. When the manner of declassification, again, as I understand, and uh, if I get this wrong, feel free to correct me. But as I understand President has full power to declassify, and that includes the means of declassification, up to including waving a magic wand and say, I hereby declare it declassified. Like, the president can declassify in the woods and nobody will hear it, and it's still declassified. How are you going to prove that he never did that on the toilet after tweeting? I'm not saying that's how things should be. This is not my commentary on whether that's right or wrong. It is my commentary on how you would prove this as, as a legal case to the extent that classified or not is a distinction in the legal case and it might be broader than that but it's also possible this really has nothing to do with securing some kind of legal conviction it is again just a giant election time hail mary just throw whatever you can see if you can create some chaos around it that's clearly what it is it's it would appear so yeah Mm. you know i heard an interesting theory too because uh we were talking about um well if they if they somehow legally banned trump from running how how is that better for them because you'll just get desantis or someone like that and they'll get crushed anyway so how, what's the win and then they'll just and, spend time talking about trump anyway well maybe the intent this is uh, this is their 4d chess maybe it, it's that they want trump to run because they view him as the most beatable candidate because he gets the most hate votes and that's true so the theory is that this was done to not just bait trump into running because he effectively was we all know he was going to do that that's foregone conclusion but to Mm. bait trump into announcing he's running before the midterms as a way to rile up democrat support because after all we're going to need a congress in place to fight trump when he comes back but doesn't that uh just mobilize republicans too yeah i don't know that's the great mystery of trump and that's why i have such a hard time deciding on whether i would want to support his candidacy or not from just a pure 
practical politics perspective because he has about the the most loyal base of any politician currently. He also has the most loyal haters. And there's yeah. no way to separate those. You get the people who love him, but on the other side, you get the people who will dedicate their life to their hatred of him and do everything possible to ensure his defeat. So which is the what smarter What is that point? called? There's a literary term like for, for your modus operandi, but it's not if that's not what it's called. Like a, I don't know. When you have an antagonist and you're so wrapped up in, in beating them and in their folly that it become, it consumes you. Help me out. It's a literary term. Life I time. don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, you're up. Uh, Willem says, uh, what would be your advice to white South Africans who make up less than 8% of the country's population in the event of a civil war along racial lines? We would be surrounded by, uh, I assume he means he is one. We would be surrounded by tens of millions of black people who already consider our land as theirs with no police or armed forces holding them back. Um, yeah, don't fight. What are you doing? Go in, to Russia. In any situation where you're, and I'm uh, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen. I don't know South African politics or how this is going to play out. But if you were in a situation where you were, whether it's, Enemies along racial lines, political lines, whatever the lines are, if you're that outnumbered and you know that that you'd be killed on sight if seen by the wrong people, I'm making a plan to get the hell out of there is what mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, like, yeah. And and I understand that this is their home. So the Boers have been there since the 1600s and they predate um, the Africans that actually live there now, which is uh, where did they come irony. from? They, they were from uh, northern Bantu tribes. But um, the spice trade brought white people. It was virtually uninhabited. And it was just like not, humans didn't live there. Well, I mean, there were kind of some some wandering tribes, but it was largely uninhabited hmm. land that was developed by by the Boers. Hmm. It's their land. It's their home. It's their land. I get it. But you do not want to die in this struggle when you have ancestral homelands to go to. Um, no matter what, even if you win, you're still going to be surrounded by black people that hate your guts. So what's, what's the, what's, what does winning look like here? You're going to kill 10 million black people and the rest of Africa is going to get over it. Like you got to get out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like the numbers are, are rough. Um, again, that's, that's accepting the premise here. I don't want to say that I, that I accept this premise as like an inevitable future. I don't know. I just, I'm accepting what he's presenting as the scenario. I'm not necessarily agreeing with the scenario or not. I, I don't want to give that impression because I just don't understand exactly what's going on there. Um, Blonde's mom. Oh, you're up. Uh, um, a recent Lauren Chen video about a conservative dating app mentioned that while the app was free for women, men had to pay for premium use. I was surprised to see a huge amount of pushback in the video's comment section from men complaining this is unfair and discriminatory. I thought it was an uncontroversial idea and in keeping with the traditional expectation that men pay on dates. What do you think of this? Hmm. I think that on the right, we have this man problem that mirrors the feminist problem on the left where they're constantly talking about how they're discriminated against and everything's unfair. And I realize that there is a fair amount of discrimination towards single white men, especially. I get that and everything. But like, just if you want, if you're going to try to get laid, just fucking pay for it. The service. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I got you. I guess I'd have just to like know some specifics too. Shut up and just too. pay for it. It's like, ugh. when it says the app is free for women, men had to pay for premium use. Does that mean men have to pay for any use or just like a specific premium use? Matter. Sounds like an add on. I don't care either way. Um, 
I don't know. Like, uh, does it bother me if a if a? No, no. I'm gonna accept. I'm gonna. Mm. I'm gonna accept both the tradition of, uh, uh of of men uh, assuming the costs of, of first dates, but also just the property rights of the the people who run the app. If the app is that shitty, like. <laughs> Leave the app. I don't know. I guess somebody just said based and hooker pilled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if the I, I just I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I've been victimized by a by a dating app. I, couldn't you make the same argument against Bumble though? Because uh, what's the deal with Bumble where only women can message first? I don't know. Maybe don't I'm wrong because I never used Bumble. But there are other apps that afford men and women different opportunities within them for specific purposes, and. I would just say the user's free to determine if he likes that or not. Um, Every relationship just fundamentally is a prostitution arrangement, though. Even functional marriages with virgins, it turns out to be some some level of prostitution is going on. In the but, it's, but it's monogamous. It's, a, it's committed to each other for a purpose, for a purpose yeah. outside of just money, you know. Well, uh, lots of arranged marriages are entirely based on the financial gains of the of the families. Uh, well, okay, that I, I guess I'd, I could go down, go down the path of the morality of that sort of thing. Do I consider that a moral arrangement or not? Probably not. Well, it is the probably the the bedrock of of Western marriages. Uh, yeah, throughout history well, i don't know They're just because something is we had we had literal dowries for centuries yeah but i i suppose just because something is tradition doesn't make it inherently good after i just got done defending tradition in the in this app as men paying for no, things no, first I mean, but but i think that if you have um if you have shared intent and and uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, the, the opportunity for mutual destruction and everything, th- th- those things, it's not just love that creates a strong marriage. It's the opportunity to help better each other financially and socially and uh, the potential to absolutely destroy one another's lives <laughs> and the lives of well, your family. I guess what I was getting at more too is like the, uh, should women have autonomy in their selection of a husband? That's absolutely really... not <laughs> should women have autonomy in any regard no oh that's really what marriage is all about stripping them of any of that lingering autonomy, autonomy. <laughs> and then giving back the amount of autonomy that the husband sees fit right? yeah all right um, uh okay is it my turn yeah uh no that was that was blonde's mom right so i'm up cheesemaker says Hi, Matt and Blonde. You had a caller last week who said her relative or friends didn't have their two-year-old go ahead with surgery because in order to have the surgery, the two-year-old needed to get a COVID test done prior to surgery. Uh, Maybe I misunderstood, but um, if not, how is that not insane? Uh, We're talking about having to get your child the COVID vaccine in order to get the surgery. They we're not talking about having to get your child the COVID vaccine in order to get the surgery. They refused to get their child a COVID test so they could have a surgery. How is that uh, how is that doing what's best for your child? Can you both help me understand what I'm missing about this story? Thank you. Well, I think it's, it's, we might agree or disagree on whether that's an intrusion. Um, but fundamentally, I don't think you want to bend on the principle of the parent having the right to say what is or is not in the best interest of the child. Right. And, and, and it was I, a totally, uh, unnecessary surgery, at least for the time it was to prevent a 
the potential for some future problem and had no immediate urgency, if I remember correctly. Now, if I want to go to bat for the hospital or the doctor, and this is devil's advocacy, it's not necessarily what I agree with, but I suppose you could say, well, they certainly have the right to protect their staff, their property in the way that they see fit, that even though this is seemingly unrelated to the surgery, if they consider Corona to be a risk, they have a a right to try to identify that. I I suppose that's true. I, I would just debate the wisdom um, the wisdom of that policy. And I suppose I would debate its consistency with the Hippocratic Oath. If your goal is really to do no harm, are you going to turn away children because of your fear of this virus, children who need help in ways that are completely unrelated to this virus? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think you're completely off base, cheesemaker. I see the I see the the principles that you're getting at. I don't think that that's insane. Um I suppose what what I'm coming the perspective that I'm coming at it from is uh, who decides what's in the best interest of the child, the healthcare provider or the parent, and at what point are we going to finally restore sanity on this uh, on this topic? And if that involves a little bit of pushback to healthcare providers to remind them nobody gives a fuck about Corona. <laughs> we kind of have to do that. They're like yeah. even if it comes off in somewhat absurd ways, you know, by, by the same token, it's like uh, the, it's it's the the a lot of these pediatrics places. We're getting a new one, but they still required us to wear masks. My yeah. wife and I made the determination. It's like, all right, our son needs X, Y, and Z. We're gonna make this sacrifice just to get that shit. But let's say it's that up we to didn't. The parents, yeah. Let's say that we said no. We're not gonna do this mask nonsense. We're gonna find something else. I don't think that we're being ridiculous, even though you could argue that we're sacrificing something more important because we're standing on principle against something that is kind of surface level stupid just wearing a mask or not but yeah when you start when you, when you get these betrayals of who ought to be making these decisions i don't know that they are so trivial i think that the i think there are uh, principles it was at a stake principled, there exactly it was a principled decision um also the live chat wants to know what the what's this guy's name that did that tweet oh i can find it again uh let me i'll read the next one um that was cheesemaker right uh charlie yeah. says why doesn't California have universal health care? When I watched the movie Purple Heart, I thought surely it can't be the case that Democrats preach universal national health care provision, but don't pass it first at the state level. I don't know. It's, it's an it's an impossibility. I don't know how they could ever afford something like that. Uh, why don't and they do it? it's a federal issue. Yeah, because they want to be able to have all the perceived benefits while passing the costs off to everybody else, just like all of these programs. That's the reason yeah. these states don't do it, is because they know that if they are singularly responsible for upholding it, it will fail, and then everyone will see this is bunk. That's the, They concentrate power and all of these programs in D.C. because then there's no alternative. You can't look yeah. over there and say, wow, uh, this sucks compared to that. It's just everyone's under the same shitty umbrella. And so there's really no there's no other basis for comparison. That's that's they have to have control of everybody to make sure that it's equal opportunity suffering mm. and that nobody can escape paying for the shit they want paid that's for. Totally true. Uh, for people who are wanting to see the tweet. And again, I caution you go into these mentions at your own risk. I did not dare start engaging with some of the uh, cat ladies in the replies but I do have some friends who did, and they tell me that their invention, their adventures were long and disheartening. So it's a trek. Who is it? Uh, I don't want to out anybody. Oh, the no, oh, you no, mean the not the, the, the friends who went into the replies? No, no. You're talking about the original yeah. tweet at G Shane Morris G S H A N E 
M-O-R-R-I-S, at G. Shane Morris. I think it's still one of his most recent tweets. It's a pretty small account, 3,000 followers. So if you... That's, this guy went viral for that. He's probably having yes. like the worst week of his life. It's, uh, it was a tweet posted yesterday. So you do have to scroll down a little bit, but you'll see. Oh yeah. And even Matt Walsh picked it up. So that's part of the reason it went crazy. Matt Walsh said too, this tweet is obviously correct, which is why so many people are angry about it. It was yesterday. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There are 15,000 replies. Yes. It went completely insane. Good for uh, you, Shane Morris. Wow, even doing um, God's work. Yeah, even Steven Crowder was in on the replies on this too. Everybody was in on this. I'm 40 uh, with no children. It's awesome. And then somebody replied, that's because you're a terrible human being and no man in his right mind wants to attach his life to yours. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, venture into those replies at your own risk. Uh, let's see. Where do we leave off in the, Oh uh, yeah. in the email questions here left um, off after Charlie, right? Yeah. My up next PC f- PC fug. No <laughs> should bicycle riders pay a license fee to offset the extra cost for bike lanes. Taxes pay for them. We have to pay a license fee to hunt and fish. Cycling is a hobby also. And there would also be a way to report bad cyclists who run stop signs and other violations. They can report, they can report us by our text. Well, maybe I'm going to totally break principle here because vengeance against cyclists. I am all I'll do for. anything. I become a, 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 a catapultist. Is that a word? Get the catapult they are out. So annoying. OK, these motherfuckers who can't. It's not that they can't decide. They want the benefits of both vehicle and pedestrian. And they shapeshift. The they shapeshift. And oh, now I'm on the sidewalk. I'm a pedestrian. Oh, now I'm in the road. I'm a vehicle. I'm in the crosswalk. Am I a car? Am I a person? Who knows? But I Ugh. control all the rights of way. That's who these people are. I fucking hate them. No, hate you're them totally all. right. If you haven't fantasized about driving through a group of cyclists, I just have no interest <laughs> in knowing who you are. There is uh, one of the one of the main roads to get into town. I live a little bit out of town. Um, one of the main roads to get into town has no shoulder and it's kind of hilly. So you can't really pass that effectively on it. These bastards of this town. Ta- I got to imagine there's great biking all over here. I, I don't I'm not into biking. Yeah, but then you have to get on a bike. You I, faggot. It's like of all the trails, all the places to ride a bike. You pick the road with no shoulder so that cars get stuck behind Why? you. The know, few times I, I have biked because I have family who's into it. I don't want to be near cars. I want nothing to do with cars. If I'm riding a bike, why would you pick that? And I know that they're not biking to work because they're in the outfit. They're in the stupid tight things yeah. and the tight the shirt outfit. and they, the aerodynamic yeah. helmet and all the yeah, bullshit. Yeah. You're doing this for fun. How is it fun to bark, to, to bike right next to a car that might hit you out of either looking at their phone or pure rage because you're making them go 15 miles and over 15 miles an hour just to get into town. Look how mad he is, guys. Yeah. I, I'm right. with you, though. So all principles out the window. Tax the bikers. Regulate the bikers. <laughs> In fact, imprison them without due process. I've had enough of these people. We have a circumcision question coming up, so let's oh God. let's hustle through uh, this, okay? Okay. For real though, I I, I I think that that might be a good idea. Um, I, I'm sorry for giving you kind of a joke answer. Seriously speaking, but they need to, they need to be governed as though they're drivers. They they do have to operate by um, road 
the lot. rules of the road. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, but as far as like, should they pay the same? Well, I guess if we're going to grant the principle that hunters and f- fishermen and all this have to pay these recreational taxes, I I don't necessarily like that that's the case. Uh, I, I suppose I should argue that none of these people should be paying for these things uh, or, or that if they do, it should all be voluntary uh, voluntarily. I don't know. I'm sorry. You've broken the part of my brain that that tries to adhere to principle when you start talking about cyclists. Yeah, they're like rollerbladers. All right. They, they they I talked about how all lives have value. Not rollerbladers. Not rollerbladers. <laughs> cyclists. Barely. <laughs> okay. uh, Char- Charlie says blonde. Uh, how can you be proud to be white? Are you proud in the same way that a gay person is proud? As in, is it a knee jerk reaction to shame? It's not virtuous to be proud of your race because it took no effort. Hmm. That's so stupid. Uh, you can be proud of things that you didn't earn all the time because they're awesome. You can be proud if you're beautiful. You didn't earn that. You can be proud if you're smart. You didn't earn that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not proud of only things that that uh, that I've earned. Also, you know, it was generations, generations of hardship and failures and successes that led to my creation. I am the the culmination of so much eugenics, just so much eugenics. <laughs> and okay. why shouldn't I be proud? Look at my physiognomy. Oh, Look at that. good Look at that. for you. That, that's wow. it. That's Hitler was right, you guys. <laughs> Hitler was right. No, I'm, I'm serious. So uh, people are proud all the time of, of characteristics and um, and and virtue, not necessarily virtues, because those are all earned uh, characteristics, like innate characteristics uh, that they didn't earn, and, and they should and they should be. You know, uh, you should try to overcome your deficits, even if they're genetic. Um, and it's fine to be proud for the gifts that you've been given. I think and one of I, those gifts is being white. What's what's the problem? <laughs> I think there there's certainly truth to that. I don't know that I agree that um, I consider my race to be like a, a source of pride for me, but I certainly agree with the premise that there are all kinds of things that I didn't personally do that I'm associated with that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things involving my family, for example. Like yeah. I'm very proud of what my parents have built. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. includes my life. But you didn't I, build that. But I didn't. Yeah, Obama, I didn't build that. And I understand that there are certain traits of family, one of which is race. I understand how these things, how those how you could how you could reach that conclusion. Um, yeah, I guess. And that's an, and I, I wonder, I, I know we can't have the question asker respond, but um, Mr. Question Asker, we what was his name? I already we lost it, but um. I would I would ask uh, Charlie if you if you want to follow up I'd be interested in hear you, in hearing Charlie. you respond to to just that question um what are is there any pride in things that you you didn't build I suppose and I don't mean like a I don't mean that in a gotcha way I'm just interested in thinking about what is or is not what should or should not be considered valid pride I suppose And what if you build something that's a manifestation of something that's luck like you um you're Elon Musk and you built a business, but it's also because you were granted an incredible intellect and that, and that was just luck. Yeah, I suppose that that's tr- like, I, I don't doubt that he worked very hard to have everything that he has. That said, achieving what he has also relies on a certain innate intelligence that, that yeah. can't necessarily be achieved by all people. I bet you a thousand dollars. That guy's name is not Charlie. It might not be. I don't know. 
It's Jerome. It's Schlomostein. It's something. Okay, finally. Get out of here, Ching Chong. We've had enough of you. (laughs) Okay, the the, the question has finally come. Uh, I've been waiting all day for this. This is all you then. If it's if it's circumcision, I yield the floor. It says it says Rebecca and Matt, but I I'm gonna do the whole thing. Okay. Organic Zed. My wife is pregnant with our first child due in December, and we have learned the child is a boy. Oh, it's the printer. Everything's fine. We're in disagreement about whether or not to circumcise our son. She is for it and I am against it. Thus, I have been unable to persuade her against circumcision. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. Um, You should not have to persuade your wife. You are the man of the house and you are going to unilaterally make this decision whether or not it's something that she wants. Um, You guys don't have to agree on this. Uh, You've got to, this has got to be a hill that you're willing to die on persuade her against circumcision. This is your decision, you. So find your balls. All right. What are your best arguments against circumcision? Here are some of her arguments for it. She says that uncircumcised penis look gross and women don't like them, that they're dirty, more work to keep clean, and that uncircumcised males would be more likely to be promiscuous because intercourse is more pleasurable for the uncircumcised. Here's your chance to save another foreskin. Okay, I find, I'll go through these one by one, but I find that that last argument to be the most offensive, that you're willing to mutilate your child's genitals uh, to potentially reduce their number of sexual encounters. You know, that is exactly the same argument that they use for clitoral circumcision in Somalia. That is so fucked up. I That is so fucked up. Are you going to say anything? I feel no, like I'm just I'm, talking at you. I... I understand. This is this is your cycling. This is your rollerblading. Uh, and just, of course, we've that's talk- a really messed up argument. Nobody would ever do that. As I, a, I've actually a, not. Uh, maybe I've heard variations of that, but that's a, that argument is one that uh, is not commonly raised. That you have to do this, or your son is going to be a giant man whore. Yeah. Okay. I, I know that. So that's asinine. Um, the uncircumcised penises look gross and women don't like them. That is not true. Eighty five percent of men in Europe are uncircumcised. And now, um, even though 85 percent of American men our age are circumcised, we're about at 50 50. So it's a cultural thing. Um, if you ask a woman that's seen a number of circumcised and uncircumcised penis, the thing that's going to dictate whether or not she thinks uncircumcised penises are gross is, is where she's from. It's the cultural norm of where she's from. So now that more men are uncircumcised, that's, that's clearly going to change. Um, and all penises that are erect look the same anyway. It's (laughs) according to my research. (laughs) Um, Uh, you don't, you don't, I mean, I, I, when we used to talk about this in the past, I remember, um, it would jokingly, it jokingly be referred to as pretty dick, right? That, yeah. that was like one of the, the team, arguments. You say you would t- team, team pretty, pretty dick. dick yeah. Right. But the yeah. truth of the matter is like, is there a such thing as a pretty dick? Let, let's be perfectly honest about that. Of course there is. The, are they common? Like whether you're cut or uncut, how common are genuinely pretty dicks? I don't know. I mean, as as common as beautiful vaginas are, I'm sure. Also. <laughs> this is a trap. I hope our respective spouses don't listen to this. Anyway. And then I, this I is... The, my, like my wife is going to, he has the prettiest dick. It, it, it's so. <laughs> Text incoming. I just right now. <laughs> I can confirm it is pretty. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. And then the one that they're dirty, um, that's really stupid. Yeah. Uh, because if you aren't a retard, you should be able to figure out um, how to clean your penis. Uh, oh, and back to the to the way they look. Um, they're uh, also, according to my research, horrible circumcision scars. Just, just terrible. Hmm. Just jagged awful circumcision scars. So my best arguments against circumcision, um, 
one, it's it's unethical to take a piece of a human body without the consent of of the child. Like I, I wouldn't pierce my child's ears, and that's so far less invasive uh, to improve the perceived beauty of their sexual organ, which is which is it's just an insane thing to me. Like I, I just don't really understand it. Um, the other thing, it doesn't reduce the chance of STD transmission in any meaningful way if you aren't having promiscuous anal sex. The cleanliness thing, that doesn't really matter. Um, and the and the sex thing. It's like, don't you want your child to, when, when it's time, to be having the most pleasurable sex? There's a reason you have a foreskin. It's protective. It's lubricating. Did I just say lubricate? Ugh. All right. Have you so made I your hope case? your wife is listening to this. And if she's listening to this, you know hear me this is your husband's decision and you need to you need to listen to him because he is the the man shut up bitch um, doing this for child is abusive. that's blonde's actual advice to your wife well yeah like like why is she even uh, forming an opinion on this oh sorry do you not have the sounders open no oh oh what what did you say the the why advice was the rock saying shut up bitch <laughs> shut up bitch that too yeah. Anyway, that's that's my I've been waiting all day just like just licking my chops. Because <laughs> ah, you saw it earlier and you're like, oh, man. I saw it earlier. Like, it's all happening. Right. <laughs> okay, fush, that's all. fush and chops. Uh, how would both of you recommend expanding your social circle? Hobbies are extinct. Uh, the meetup groups are mostly a bunch of guys that wouldn't exactly get uh, a lot of female attention. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, and church is just dorks, weirdos, and overweight people who don't have any friends and would never get invited to a party. <laughs> what else should I try? Well, you should. I'll tell you what you should do. You should Hobbies go to are not extinct. You should go to at G Shane Morris on Twitter and peruse the replies to that tweet and yeah. find people who are find people. Yeah, I'm not saying you're of exactly of their perspective. Uh, in in fairness, um, no, but I, well, here's the first thing I would say to, to the extent you might be serious, and I don't know whether you're joking or not. But I, but if you are serious, I think you're probably being too dismissive of people you may meet by just trying new things. Yeah. Now, sure. Yeah. Are is it possible there are dorks out there? Is there is it possible there are guys that wouldn't get a lot of female attention? Yeah. But even if they're the even if the sort of person that you're looking for is a minority, you got to take those chances to find those people, and you do that. Yep. If you're not happy with your with your current social circles, it just means. You got to cast a wider net. You got to try doing something else and you got to try something that seems completely silly or stupid. Uh, any kind of activity that you might scoff at just for the sake of putting yourself in a, in a different spot where you're not necessarily comfortable. Um, and so I, I can't tell you what that activity or thing should be, but I can tell you that if you just dismiss all of them on site, the change that you're looking for is not going to happen because you're not creating those opportunities. So yeah. it depends on the sort of person you're looking for. Um, if you want to be really, if you want to be broad about this, pick activities or social groups, things that you are warm to like, Oh, I like mountain bike. I like cycling. So I'm going to go join the cycling motherfucker club or whatever. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> or if you want to be more targeted, maybe you say there are people who do this sort of activity and they exhibit the, the qualities that I like. So I'm just going to, wherever you think the, the opposite of what the guys who wouldn't get female attention are, whatever you think they are, wherever you think they're, whatever they're doing, go do that. Even if you don't think you have 
immediate interest in it for the sake of making those social connections. Exactly. Yeah. You need to be positive like us. (laughs) Be more positive. Just like blonde. Yep. I, um, and, and also, if it, I, I will say my hatred of rollerbladers and, and cyclists, uh, normally I encourage people to email me if they have thoughts. If you cycle or rollerblade, don't email me. Uh, never talk to me. I want you completely exiled from my life. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, over. maybe I've ran this joke into the ground. I'll stop. Now. No, okay. no. I mean, everybody hates cyclists, right? That's true. We're going to have to get a cycler. A cyclist on the on the stream on the call to defend their honor. What does this name mean? Call me Auntie Semite. Oh, anti anti Semite. Anti Semite. That was I clever. Knew it was something blonde. You have a family of doctors. Since you're intelligent, most importantly, kind, affable, and good with kids. Have you ever listened to this show? <laughs> this must be a joke. Why didn't you become a pediatrician? I think you missed your calling. Because I don't care about other people's kids. I I care about my kids. I, I, I don't know. Being a doctor, that would be uh, horrible. My calling, of course, was to be a mom. Um, for every female pediatrician is a woman that's abandoned her children or is um, marching towards a barren womb because mm. she had to go to medical school. All doctors should be men. Even gynecologists. Oh, I was going to ask your perspective on this because my wife and I have talked about this and uh, we're of conflicting. We don't necessarily disagree. It's ironing out what's proper about the world um, because I don't want to present her opinion unfairly. But when it comes to pediatricians, are, are male pediatricians suspect or should they all you think that's there's nothing suspicious about that at all? Um, no, I mean, I, I, it's sad that we live in a society where we just assume that all men that are good with children are pedophiles because female teachers are a scourge on humanity. Hmm. So, you know, and there are like my brother, he's just really good with kids. Is there nothing suspicious about a male gynecologist? No, I mean, he has to spend all day like elbow deep in dusty pussies so i don't think that he's in it for like the hot 20 year old i don't know man some guys are willing to pay a quite a price for the perceived for every hot 20 year old getting a pap smear there's an 80 year old woman coming in with like vaginal atrophy Hmm. that has to be dealt with so seriously speaking you have no not only no reservation you want a male gynecologist period i see midwife nurses Mm -hmm. for all of my vaginal procedures but i after you have a baby it's like you don't even care who in the medical profession sees your vagina it's Mm -hmm. like who that that that's all they do all day they they look at women's vaginas they couldn't pick your vagina out out of a lineup or whatever Well, i don't know if it's i don't know if it's about like uniquely identifying it's just like are they in it for strictly medical reasons, I guess, or strictly professional? It just seems like I don't care if they're in it for financial reasons. It's, you know, people also become proctologists and stuff. There's a reason I get, for it. Well, I guess what I'm saying, there are certainly perverse motives. And to what extent are those present? That's all. That's all we wonder about. Mm, no. Hmm. Vaginal procedures are like really unsexual. Hmm. I don't know. That's uh, we'll have to iron. I don't know. As long at this point, as long as my pediatrician doesn't have the pride, pride progress flag pinned on his, uh, his or her 
scrubs or whatever outfit he's wearing. I, I guess I'll call it a win. Uh, Shirian Reggie Ashwin. Uh, I'm sure I mispronounced all that as usual, but uh, that's my attempt. What is your opinion on city sized nations like Hong Kong or Singapore? Emphasis on the city state, not the examples. I personally think that I can care more effectively about some rando in my city than someone in another part of my state or country. I, I'm sure maybe that's that's true that you care about those and you're most connected with those most local to you. Um, my immediate pushback would be, though, can can those countries really be autonomous? Can they really be self-sustaining? Because yeah. you're what are probably... city states? The Vatican, Hong Kong, Singapore. What else? Maybe that's it. I don't know. Is Luxembourg but, a city state? But you're almost certainly not providing your own food and resources in that situation. You're depending on provisions Surrounding, yeah. from other places, and maybe that's fine if you have really good allies. But they better be really good. Otherwise, you're depending on everybody else for your sustenance. And I think that's a that's a dangerous recipe. Monaco. So, and plus, I hate city living. There's too many cyclists. Uh, and I, <laughs> I hate cities anyway. So I don't want to live there, which would be my personal desire. Uh, I, I just want to live in, you know, I want more space around me. I, I don't want to live in a claustrophobic concrete jungle. I do. That's fine. I get the appeal, but it's not for me. No, I'm never going back. It doesn't really matter what I want anymore, does it? Yeah. That's well, uh, it, it doesn't. By your own advocacy, you have no autonomy. You have your your husband's instructions, directives, and that is it. Yeah, I told him I missed living in cities the other day, and he was like, what is wrong with you? Dude. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, non-emotional, hate cities. It's like, we should hang out. <laughs> you know? Uh, sounds like a great friend anyway i but he spent his whole life in cities he grew up in japan yeah he's white oh thank you for clarifying but you know yeah. it's it's he has i guess more i've only been living in cities for like 10 years before he, i moved to coraline so yeah. he has more experience with cities so i guess he has a i should respect his opinion or something well what do you you can't say that sarcastically you just said Women that wives have to follow their uh, husband's directives. I know. And because um, I, I bought into the feminist myth for so long, it has damaged me ah. and has made me a way more defiant, less subservient wife than I should be. It's a character defect. Hmm. Don't be like me. <laughs> be subservient. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's catch up with chat. We'll call it a night. Jeff Sloat is where we left off, right? Jeff Sloat? Uh, Jeff Sloat. Can I refresh this or is it going to fuck everything up? Yeah, uh, you can just use the refresh button, not the right. browser okay. refresh. Uh, um, we're still learning our new chat system. So sorry for uh, on-air instructions and troubleshooting. But yeah, Jeff. Did you see New York strategy to limit gun rights. They are citing colonial laws that prevented Indians and papists from owning guns. They believe that justifies modern limits. What? Seriously? Uh, no, I didn't see this at all. I know that that New York is responding to the Supreme Court ruling and they're trying to do whatever they can, like California, to get around the idea that you have a general right to carry a gun. Uh, they're citing. OK, so uh, in support of their new laws, they're citing the old ones that were arguably racially designed against Indians. 
Is that, yeah. That's pretty good. I got to go see that argument if that's true. Thank you for the Ma- tip. Meg says, up. I got engaged this weekend thanks to a chatter on the stream encouraging me to shoot my shot eight months ago. I don't know who wow. the chatter was, but thank you. And thanks, Matt and Blonde, for this community. It only takes one. Oh, wow. We should make T-shirts along those lines. I, I hate uh, and thank you for. Well, first of all, congratulations and thank you for repeating the mantra that it does only take one because that's how it happened for me, too. And that's how it happens for everybody. Um, I, I I hate adhering to what sounds like a lame cliche, but it's like every time I talk to people who are dismayed about this in the same way that I was having you manage my match and whatever else and just failing. It's like, yeah. And then the right one just showed up one day and all of that bullshit is gone forever because it yeah. only took the one. So even if I'm glad to hear it, even if you are totally down about you're dating prospects or you're having trouble fi- trying to find someone. Remember that one day that totally turns around and it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. It, it might be tomorrow. I didn't know it was tomorrow when it was. And then my life changed forever. Um, but yeah, I remember the, the depths of, of the discouragement when you're not finding what you're looking for. Instead, you're finding the replies to Shane Ugh. Morris on Twitter. So depressing. Yeah. yeah. Freaking sweet taco. Blonde, if you enjoy Legal Man's perspective on the nature of power, take the Curtis Yarvin pill and go even deeper. I emailed, I emailed you a link to his Tucker interview. Mm. Okay. Although every time I listen to Legal Man, uh, I get suicidal. So I'm he he does pose no solutions, which is frustrating. Too, too blackpilled for blonde, you say? He's right. That's mm. why it's frustrating to listen to. Hmm. Um, I love Legal Man. Chewy says, did you know Nick Fuentes is having a pizza party with Destiny right now? Like he is real life streaming with Destiny and his wide. It's weird because this dude was banned from everything, but he genuinely seems to be buddy buddy with his political enemy. I don't know anything about this. Uh, who is ban- oh, Destiny was banned from everything or Nick or both? I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't know Destiny. I don't know either guy very well. Um, I know that at least I'm of the understanding that Destiny is like left left leaning I, I don't know he's not nick fuentes like they wouldn't agree obviously um but what i have seen from destiny is i think that he is at least of an uh, he's an honest enough person that that wants to talk with people and hash out ideas and uh i could admire that regardless of whether i agree with their general perspective or not he doesn't seem like the sort of guy who's obviously if he's hanging out with nick he's not trying to ban everybody off the internet there's something in him that wants to have these ideas battle it out. And that's such a fundamentally important value that if, if we can get along on that front, then uh, there's hope because we can't seem to get along on that front in any other way. So yeah, good for huh. them. Okay. I'm all right. Um, N word faggot. I, can, I can't be the only one finding the most surprising thing to come out of my brother's Godsey's arrest. Come out of my brother. Godsey's arrest was finding out he was a top. That is surprising. <laughs> I guess that was pretty shocking, wasn't it? Um, incompetent hands. Matt's dating advice. Be serious. Be decisive. Lay out the plan. Hope she goes for it. The show's origin story. I was serious. I was decisive. I laid out the plan. She had no career options left. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that I gathered that you're that you're joking. Um, so, but that's actually not true. She did have a pretty interesting career. Um, she worked in Hollywood and worked in in the movie industry and did all sorts of cool stuff and she never got weinstein don't worry no that didn't happen as far as i know but but in all seriousness my wife did leave um everything she knew everything she knew about her job everything she knew about california where she grew up and lived her whole life and made that sacrifice to pursue something um we both believe to be of higher value and lo and behold 
He's uh, and sleeping to push in... your your giant son's head <laughs> out of her vag. Yeah, it's uh, that was a that was a big sacrifice. He, and you know, he's over he's over in the other room right now. And I think uh, if we could talk to her, I don't I don't think she would say that she misses the uh, the Hollywood career, even though there may be things about it that you miss, you know. But there are friends there. There are certain uh, like I, I didn't mention this because it's personal. It's it's not really related but like when we watched joker one of the last things she did was her shop made the clown wig for joaquin phoenix and joker so she actually had to like interact with joaquin phoenix at the office for a minute seriously he was a total weirdo i won't i won't say exactly why but he was bizarre i bet he smelled he like looks like somebody that smells bad i don't know he just he was a weird guy i guess but no, she girl, did all sorts girl, of cool text stuff, me about but, this ASAP. Yeah. Um, Joe Schmo, love at first sight exists in one instance in your life, and that's watching your child come into the world. I feel blessed every day. Hmm. Oh, gay balls, but true. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to cruise through these because I right. can't be late tonight. Um, okay. I am offended. There's nothing better than Matt's Jew rabbi impression from a few months ago. Also, another person who Susan doesn't let me type rhymes with phallic bones. I did a rabbi impression? I don't even remember. That seems unlike you. That's, uh, that is, there must have been a context. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll, I don't know. If anyone has the clip, send it to me because I don't remember. There must have been a context to it, though. Utterly rage inducing. This is Ryan Hass. Um, to hear about people who can actually have kids scoffing at the idea of something so good, you guys articulated the frustration per- perfectly. It is really frustrating. It's, it is. We can't talk about it again because we're up against the clock. Yeah, but th- th- these thank people you, are Ryan. just retards. Kim says, when you were talking about your children growing up so quickly and every picture is a moment, it made me think of the word uh, des vu. Uh, the realization that this moment will one day be a memory from the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Enjoy every moment. Wow. Oh, I know. It, we it, were at the fair the other day. Yeah. Yesterday. And this old woman was watching Emmeline who was eating ice cream but she like wouldn't sit at a table she she just demanded to sit on the concrete and make people walk around her and this old woman was watching and she like pulled me over and she's like i've been watching your daughter not in a creepy way but you know it just goes so fast and just enjoy yeah enjoy every moment and i was like but that that's the bittersweet nature of it it's like wow that was really cool and yeah then it's gone but but it's the, the fact that it's finite is what makes it very precious makes it very valuable you know yeah it's just so sad yeah but then i want her to move beyond this stage of life because she's so annoying (laughs) that's the other contradiction is uh yeah they are the focus of your life and then at times uh you'd give anything for them to just shut the hell up (laughs) (laughs) baby shark mommy uh matt mcfatter That floors me when people talk smack uh, to people who have kids. Some sort of us, some of us want kids and can't. They say adoption, but it's too expensive. They treat it like the plague. Having kids is the closest thing to feel um, how God feels for wow. us. That's so sweet. And and that's true. What about the people that want kids and can't have them? Well, they should uh, they should stop being selfish. That's what the Twitter reply people would say. How dare you be so, so selfish? I can't believe you feel like you have to force someone to hang out with you, bro. You need to be cool at parties like me. I know. Everyone Do will flock. Yeah. Joe Schmo. Andrew Tate has a really good take on those childless people. It might be hard to find now that he got banned. I've been seeing his name a lot, but I don't know anything about him except that he banged Michaela Peterson. Oh, really? I did not. I didn't know. Even, I, I have no idea who he is, except for I see people talking about him. And then I've seen clips floating around Twitter. I don't know why he got banned, 
or or what the this is I've never heard of this person. It seems like now. standard MRA M. I almost hmm. said mRNA. Okay, MRA stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, that 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 term has been like out of the lexicon for so long now. Uh, yeah. Men's rights people. Yeah. For a yeah. second, I was like, "Am I saying this right?" Um, Stephen Burr said, "I MGTOW bought Jeffrey." Was the other one? That's what I was thinking. MGTOW. Is he MGTOW? That's right. Uh, no, it just no. sounds like it's of that family. Oh. Um, I bought Jeffrey Tubin's newest book, but I had to return it. All the pages were stuck together. Inert splat sound effect here. <laughs> We're still doing Tubin jokes, all right. Thank you. Um, Danny from Montana. Uh... Oh, he's talking about the Manti show. Good. Yeah. Holy fuck, the carte blanche they give that fat tranny on the Manti series is so frustrating. Goes yeah. on in third person like he didn't do the catfishing. Just another reason trannies and those crazy surprise cringe ladies deserve Zyklon B. Hale <laughs> I, on this one, I think that we can all agree. Right? I I fully agree for reasons I already are articulated on Sunday, so I won't go into it. But it 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 even the tranny the trannydom the trannyism the state of being a tranny bothers me because the tranny just says, "Oh, after this, I found myself and I I was welcomed in this Samoan community where there's all these trannies." No, bitch, you were trying to hide because you were exposed as a very very bad person and you thought yeah. what if i just became a fat tranny so that no one recognized me that's Poor Manti what you Teo, did man. you just created an elaborate disguise that included wearing makeup and a wig that's yeah. all you did and you're calling yep. it transgenderism but you had to hide from the world make no mistake about it and you deservedly you should have had to hide from the world because you ruined this guy's Fucked life for years man, yeah, because yeah. you what because you're like had some gay crush on him or something like that you i've had been to... telling everybody about it and everybody has already heard that story but thought that he was just a gay guy that was trying to hide that was sexuality. the other theory that yeah. he was yeah i i thought he was faking it to raise his own profile people thought maybe he was gay no no he yeah. was just really really dumb That's dumb it. and I... good in well-intentioned well-intentioned yeah i know Colton Regal, the thing about miracles is precisely that they defy logic. Once drank two bottles of bourbon while driving 50 miles through an ice storm. I didn't want to wake up that night by rights I shouldn't have, but God mm. had other plans. Wow. I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you, Colton. Um, did you say that you need to sign off? Because I can finish these up if you if you do. Um, well, I do hear Emmeline saying, Mommy. <laughs> All right. I'll, let me do like a few more. Uh, yeah, sure. Marble 93 science as we understand it has existed only for a hundred years for only a few hundred years. I was like a hundred years, man, you're way off. Uh, the Bible has been composed over millennia when you consider it's built upon the Hebrew Torah, which goes back even further. Um, yes. And I think it's possible that everything we know the, that every scientific study that we've read turns out to be bullshit for some reason that may be revealed later. Our virus is even real. <laughs> the earth is fake too. Don't forget. Who knows? Um, Marbo 93 also sent a few other ones. Uh, the Bible is a book of truths, not of scientific theories. Viewing it through the lens of modern human scientific understanding is the flaw. The truths in the Bible are true, but not in a way that one plus one is true. It's a higher metaphysical truth beyond our understanding, which is the definition of faith. To believe without understanding the inherent humility and accepting our limited understanding is the yeah. point. That's a really good point. Like we have been um, kind of, 
led into this period of human history where we believe that we have more power to explain the unexplainable because we have like this this tiny piece of scientific evidence that supports some understanding that we have about the universe. And then we just extrapolate that, like to believe that there's a scientific reason for every single thing in the universe that we don't understand. We understand basically nothing. We are virtually powerless and we have no control over what happens in the universe. Yeah. And, and of course, st strictly speaking, science has no moral truth or, or moral basis other than it's the best mechanism we've identified to identify truth about the natural world. But it doesn't tell us things about right or wrong. And that's yeah. where I've really become interested in biblical scripture and faith and so because i want to know what the origin of right and wrong are science isn't going to tell me that and i think one of the biggest mistakes we're making is the idea that if science says so it is morally good or bad like if the science dr fauci man says so it's morally good or bad by virtue of his decree or something lab experiments don't tell you that lab experiments can tell you about the characteristics and the behavior of the natural world i'm not dismissing the value of those things but they don't really tell you truths about how you ought to live your life and how you, how you, how you ought to treat right. other people and moral judgments like that. Those yeah. have to come from somewhere and I want to know where. Exactly. All right, guys, I'm going to go take care of my kid. All right. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It was a good call and show. I really appreciate it. And I will see you guys on Sunday. All right. Uh, thank you guys. I will carry on and finish up your chats here. Uh, let me see. I'm on the screen twice. Let me take care of that. There we go. Ooh, thunderstorm outside. I guess I better. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Sorry if you can hear that. I don't know how loud that is, but it's loud for me. Uh, Phil says politics is about rewarding friends and punishing enemies. The Democrats know this. It's high time GOP voters remember it. Well, um, in a perfectly principled world, I wouldn't want that to be the case um, because I don't obviously I don't think the law should be about uh, double standards like that, but I can't disagree with the characteristic that it, it currently is that we that we have two tiered forms of justice in all sorts of contexts. So, yeah, I mean, this is the question of how, how do we defeat these things? Do we fight fire with fire? Do we uh, deploy pure principle to win the day? I don't, I don't know, but I certainly agree that the status quo has to be defeated. Levi Smith says the Bible does not say how old the universe is. Research seven days, the divine that divide up. Oh, Seven Days That Divide the World, Dr. John Lennox, and Controversy of Ages, Drs. Uh, Cable and Razor. Also for biology research, Dr. Stephen C. Meyer. Well, thank you for the uh, insight. I will uh, have to take a look. Colton Regal says, final thought for me. I did send you recordings of fiddle songs by email. I don't know if I screwed it up. Just wanted to check. Uh, they're probably in my inbox. I'm a little bit behind on my email. I should have some time tomorrow to take a look. So uh, I'm sure I will. Uh, I'll see them and uh, I'll take a look, Colton. Thank you. Uh, Phil says, which is worse, bikers or people who call in and tell you how to run your show? Uh, whew, that's a good question. Um, the cyclists are more common. So if we're just going on like who, who I'm more likely to encounter, it's the cyclists. I don't know. I don't know what it is about their total lack of regard for anybody else that just drives me up a wall. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know why cyclists piss me off so much. It's just something about the way they behave on the road. Um, <laughs> and obviously I try to be good faith with the advice on show running. Um, so I, I don't know how to answer that question sincerely. Um, I, I, I know that 
Uh, it's very rare that we ever get somebody calling calling in and like legitimately telling me what to do. It's usually in the context of like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you considered that? There is, as a matter of principle, it does bother me when people, and I'm not saying people in the audience do this. I just mean in your your everyday life when people um, intrude into affairs that are clearly not theirs. Like when you're when you're just I don't know when you when you're when you're not respecting boundaries and trying to I guess tell people how to run stuff that's theirs or the implication being that you know how to do it better or whatever else. It, it, I don't say that with any accusation towards any audience member. I'm talking about what the principle is that, that does bother me. It's sort of like, to me, I take it. It's, it's kind of like walking into someone's house and telling them you don't like the decor or something like that. It's like, well, yeah, it's not your house. I mean, you're welcome to your opinion, but if you were to go in there and, and tell them you need to rearrange, you need to redecorate. Well, that's, that's not really for you to decide. That's the principle of it that that bothers me, though. I will admit that I have, uh, as we've seen in the past, I have a sensitivity to that. Like if I perceive someone is doing that, it does irk me and it will get the best of me. I try to keep that tempered because I don't want to come off as I don't want to be too accusatory. I don't want to be rude to people in the audience, certainly. But uh, but that's why that bothers me to treat the question as sincerely as possible. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Harry Pohl greetings Americans uh, last year Pootler and his buddy tried to flood my country with sand chalkers <laughs> so we had to build a wall okay uh, it's almost ready and it works pretty well would recommend well which country is this Pootler and his buddy tried to flood my country with what country did Pootler flood other than Ukraine with uh, Russian military members I guess I'm missing a little context Sorry, Mr. Harry Pole, but good luck in your your battle with Pootler. Uh, the Fourth Watch, uh, thanks for supporting the show. I think we are all set, but let me double check. Oh, I didn't uh, check DLive, but I think we're good over there. Yeah, we are good over there. Uh, let's see. Oh, there are there are a few more. Uh, Cam Girl Asuna says, Matt, uh, anyone trying to be a gynecologist for perverse reasons would quickly change their tune once they sit in on one vaginal infection lecture in med school, I would think. I don't know. I mean... I'm sure this is a lot less common than we fear. Uh, but when there are people with perverse intent, like there are all sorts of people who will go through all sorts of, all sorts of hurdles to get to whatever their, uh, their end desire is. And um, I, I don't know, maybe I am, maybe I am overly skeptical, but, uh, but uh, I'll take your point that there's a lot of grossness that goes along with the profession. TKUA says, happy Ukrainian Independence Day. Please donate to come back alive to support freedom. Oh, where do I donate to Ukraine? I want to make sure I uh, I give exactly as much as I should. Thank you, uh, TKUA. Thunderstorm says, thank you for the positive show. Uh, thank you for all the positive show and good night, everybody. Well, appreciate the... Uh, the, posit- the positivity. Did we have a positive show? I suppose maybe in some ways. Uh, maybe more positive than usual. Anyway, uh, appreciate uh, all the chatters. Of course, appreciate the callers. Thank you guys for calling in. Thank you for emailing in. Thank you for all of your thoughts and your contributions to the show. Much appreciated. Of course, we'll be back on Sunday to discuss whatever happens between now and then. Maybe more student loan talk. Maybe more rollerblader talk. Or uh, 
cyclist talk or crazy wine cat lady talk. Who knows? Of course, if you'd like to find more to listen to in the meantime, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. Anything show related over at mattchristensenmedia.com. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>